episode 12. <laughs> what was the question? I'm going. Ready? <laughs> Fuck. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 slash 11 and a half dash 2 of the Remake. Remakes.vr <laughs> podcast recoded dream drop. What's up, bro? <laughs> Uh, it's been not that much time since we last talked, so there's probably no big updates, but uh, let's do the names. I'm Tom, I got Hosey, and I got Bert. What's up, squad? I am here. Hello. What's uh, what's everybody been doing this last uh, week? What have we been gaming on? What kind of tragedies have we I had? I started Gears Tactics. I'm actually kind of shocked. It's on that. Microsoft Game Pass with up to 10 million subscribers. Um, it was fun, dude. If you like XCOM, you'll probably like that shit. But it's just Gears. See, that looked cool. Then then they also did that Funko Pop game. That Gears did not Pop, cool. yeah. yeah you can get the Pop Gears Pop Gear. DLC. You can play his Pop <laughs> figures in XCOM. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bert, Yo. D- does Gears Tactics have permadeath like XCOM does? Uh, one of the, yes, one of the difficulty levels is permadeath. Okay, but it's not permadeath across the board. No. And when you're shooting other people, is there just like, what's the accuracy rate? Like, because in XCOM, you you know they rate your accuracy on one to hundred percent. I only played for like an hour or so. Okay. okay. But the accu- it seemed like it was a specific amount of damage. Okay. Like each time. Okay. But I could be wrong. Because that's one of the things that people talk shit on in XCOM sometimes. Is, so there's permadeath, and then um, when people... You can have, like, your main, like, elite guy, the guy you've leveled up, and you can be in a life-or-death situation It says he's got an 85% chance of killing this other guy, and then he misses really? with that 15%, and then he gets woofed the next turn, and he's just gone forever. So that's, like, something that... The sense of randomness is something that people beef with about those games. Oh, uh, um, okay. And I just didn't that, know that's, that that's, that's the reason everybody hated Morrowind. And Morrowind was a phenomenal gaming experience, but people hated mm-hmm. the dice roll attack at lower levels. And I can't, I can't deny it. It did get annoying when you're sitting there slapping, or slapping a fucking cliff, cliff racer, racer or ridge racer with your goddamn sword for ten minutes, and you're only hitting it about two times. It, it mm-hmm. got, I can see where it was annoying, but it is just the nature of some games. Okay. Another thing I was, I fiddle with, um, so. Obviously, I'm a huge platforming guy, huge Metroidvania guy, but I played this game called Mo Astray. Mo Astray. Are you sure you're pronouncing that right? I just no, feel like you could be pronouncing M-O, it wrong. Um, I think this is a colon Astray. It's Mo Astray, and like the character's name is Mo. You play as a little blob, mm-hmm. and it looked insane. The game, the trailers, and everything about it looked insane. But then when you play it, you realize, like, you have to, like, click and drag an arrow, and you're a blob that jumps from one area, like, from one spot to another. And that's how you have to move. And that made me fucking nauseous. Like, the boss fights were actually really kind of well done with that mechanic. They put a lot of thought into it. And Uh the puzzles were really cool with respect to that. But, dude, I just... I wasn't fucking feeling it. I really wanted to because this just... It looked like... They they, they did really well with the art design. They really well with the ambiance. The puzzles were really well with respect to the controls. But that shit was fucking annoying, dude. Straight up, so... That's a bummer. I'm looking at a... 
a little bit about this right now, and like it definitely has the design that mm-hmm. I know that you would really like in a game. A hundred percent. And so I can see why this would have drawn your eye. That's crazy because that's why I would th- like you just played a met- like a Metroidvania style thing that has yeah. like that has like weird movement because I just played one too with that Yuka uh, y- Yoku's Island Express game, the marble uh-huh. one. And I'm like, oh, it's it's crazy to see like experimentation with how that works and like what works and what doesn't, you know? Yeah. And I like it. It got an overwhelmingly positive review on Steam, mm-hmm. which everybody that uses the Steam platform knows that that normally that rating is only for games that are extremely like well thought out, well designed, have a lot of heart and fun shit put into them. And, I mean, I can see where people would see this and be like, hey, this is a very different and well-made game. But for me personally, that movement fucking made me goddamn want to throw up. I really wanted to play it. I was telling everybody in the Discord, dude, I really want to like this. This Everything about this is cool, except for the movement. Would you say that it. you're feeling pretty angry about this right now? I'm only angry because I, there's so much to enjoy, and one single thing prohibits me from doing that. That's a big bummer, man. I uh, for the podcast listeners, they know that uh, Bert tends to get a little, a little heated, a little upset, and things a like this. Judgmental. And, uh, if you've heard our last episode, you'll get why. But because of that, I made a little something that I want to show you, Bert. <laughs> that uh, oh, uh, here you go. Oh God. Do you like this? I do like this. Okay. Yeah. That's uh that's your new theme song. Holy for whenever shit. you for <laughs> from now on whenever we've got a nice big Bert Wow <laughs> Letting Bert loose segment. <laughs> that's your new theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was amazing. I do appreciate that. That's so that's, good. that's the best gift anybody's ever given me. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that on Twitch. Okay, I'll send it to you. <laughs> so you're giving me the license to it? Uh, I, I need. Points. Are there any royalties that are owed for this? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you're gonna need to get me mechanicals, and there's a back end deal that my manager will hit you up about. You can talk All right, to I'm not Lee. using it. Then. Okay, cool. So never mind. <laughs> I'm actually gonna rip it off myself. I can do that. That's fine. You can just <laughs> just play it backwards. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to hear it again? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Shoot it. All right, cool. Send it. See, so I put this nice little fake out. Yeah, you love, draw you, you in. You, you know, you. and then it's just over. <laughs> I love. I just love the little. I I sound like such a fucking redneck, but I love the little fucking tidbit noise clips of me thrown in there with all the bullshit. It's awesome. It's that's that's ten out of ten. That's just, very well done. You're a master of your craft. Thank you so much. Just to give people some backstory. Nice. Okay. The, the first scream that's in there. I sit, I asked Bert to to record him screaming a while back for something Vatican's doing. And he just goes, oh, I've already got that. (laughs) And just sent me that first scream, which starts with a gunshot. (laughs) And then that, so the gunshot's in there, too. It's the the best. Then the rest of it is literally just you guys arguing on Twitch when you go, oh, I'm lightheaded, I got high blood pressure. (laughs) Yeah, it was that scream I had downloaded because... 
It was from a Twitch clip that I was playing Apex, and I just ass-fucked these dudes. And I just let out the biggest scream in the world. And then I I recorded the scream for a clip that when, like, somebody donates or somebody hosts or something, uh-huh. that um, is the sound it makes or whatever. So that's why I immediately already had a clip of that. So. Okay. But that's what I've been playing, y'all. What, what have y'all been doing? Uh, I haven't had time to play games because I've been making. I've been that. making a fucking Burt collage. Yeah. It took. It took. Uh, I got really, really, really obsessive about it for like four days. Holy shit! Um, Jesus Christ! I love that. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, Tom just had his thirtieth birthday. Happy he's birthday. he's right right Happy behind me. I turned thirty two months ago. So welcome to the club, bud. Thank I you. wanted you. I wanted to send you something really special for your birthday, but I I didn't. It's okay. awesome. That's okay. This is kind of what ends up happening in my life is people think about me and then I give them something nice and they say, oh, "Man, I was really thinking about you the other day," but it kind of stopped there. So this you're is- you're such a you're just good enough of a friend where people are like, "Dude, I really want to do something really special for him." But I actually they don't. I actually described this to Allie. I was wow. like, "Yo, I'm gonna get like like 75 people are gonna hit me up." Uh. To be like, happy birthday, man, I miss you. None of those people have called me in a year. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and oh, what do you know? Shit. But outside of the depression, here's what I've been doing. So I have been playing, uh, let's see, Octopath Traveler. Uh, I'm only about seven hours in. That's I seven think. more hours uh, than me. Yeah, seven more than both of you guys. I, I forgot birth that you didn't finish it. That you you also Dude, debatably didn't it was, start it. It didn't grab me. We were talking about that. Like certain games, they I can appreciate and respect the living shit out of them. But and, and Moa Stray, like I can pinpoint. I know exactly what pissed me off. Octopath, like there was nothing that like I felt that like pissed me off or you know I didn't like. I enjoyed it. I'm a huge fan of turn-based combat. I'm bitching that a lot of things these days aren't turn-based combat RPGs. But I just couldn't keep playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it because... So, I was really, really, really excited for this game. And the reason I started it is because actually I've had it for a year and haven't played it. Because I asked for it for my birthday last year. And I was like, fuck, I haven't touched this at all. But I was crazy excited when it first came out. Um, and it got all these rave reviews, but I didn't look at any of them because i wanted to go into it as spoiler free as i could mm-hmm. uh and now that i've played it a little bit i'm like poking through those and all the people say the same thing that we talked about in the chat the other day that like that it's cool but that because of the randomness of the story or it's not random it's just that you've got these eight individual stories and they're all probably good enough to be their own story in an rpg but they wanted to spread them all out and everything, but they don't really intersect at all. They don't, like, link up. Yeah. So, like, you gather this whole party. I know you guys didn't play that far, but you you gather this whole party, and you go through all their different individual stories. When you meet someone, they give you their chapter one and kind of run you down what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you, t- you synced in. But then they just they join your party without any hesitation. They're just like, now that you've heard that sap, my sob story, do you want to go to the cave? Let's go to the cave. And when you go to each individual person's different story beats, it doesn't really affect any of the other party members at all. They're just completely passive to what's happening. Sometimes in the cutscenes, the rest of your party just goes away, and whoever the central character of that plot point is, they deal with it, and they come back and just go, that was crazy, right? Did you see that thing? Is that like a, is that a, because this game is kind of like an homage to something that 
from so long I think ago. it's I think it's because it's supposed to be most JRPGs are very linear in their story. Mm-hmm. There's like one way or maybe one or two places you can branch off. Right. And they wanted you to be able to play these stories in any order that you wanted to. And one thing that is cool about it is that, like there's no one character you have to start as. And then you can also as soon as you pick your first character, like I started with the thief, you can mm-hmm. go and find you can either complete like really just grind his story on your own with just him or you can immediately go find any of the other seven party members and start their stories and then as you find more people the game scales in difficulty so mm. if i went straight to the first like main dungeon or the you have to go through the first the thief's first main dungeon when you start as him but if i went to his like next section with just him the all the enemies would have had like three or four hundred health um and they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been that tough. They would have been low-level enemies. But if I go back to that exact same thing with four party members that are all, like, level 15 later, which is what I'll end up doing, uh, all the enemy there will be significantly more enemies in each battle, and they'll all be harder, uh. and the bosses will have bigger attacks that you wouldn't have seen. So it's supposed to be a very open-ended JRPG that still has the same story tropes. And I think mm-hmm. that's one reason why a lot of people like it. But I could, But with JRPGs, like, story is debatably... 50 to 60 percent of the reason why you why you do it like the combat is is definitely fun but it's combat and story those are the only things that matter mm-hmm. um and i could see why this rubs some people the, the wrong way but i'm gonna try to get through it i really wanted to play something that was like a bit of a different pace and i'm like i want to play something i can kind of have going like that's easy to grind while i'm just watching like twitch and stuff because i've definitely become like I've stopped really watching YouTube. I kind of only watch Twitch now ever since I like started diving into your stream, Bert, and watching it all the time. Mm-hmm. So now I've like finally found other shit on there that I like to watch. Um, but that's I think that's really all that I've played. I poked around on a couple of other uh, a couple of other games. I'm gonna I'm ordering uh, an HD adapter for my GameCube tonight. Are you getting the expensive one? Yeah, I'm not getting like the Frame Meister. Uh-huh. Um, but I am getting, it's like a, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's called the Eon MK yep. something. Yeah, I'm yep. going to get that. There was another one I was looking at called the Retro Tink Pro, like the second version of that, that uh-huh. can take like any composite signal. But apparently there's something weird with it about, um, with the GameCube specifically, because the GameCube, uh, with how the progressive scan works or something. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting the GameCube exclusive one, and then I'll eventually get one for my other systems. But uh, Bro, I, I remember thinking like $150 for an adapter like that was insane. Mm-hmm. And then I tried playing my GameCube on my TV. Yeah. And I realized you just don't have a GameCube if you don't have that adapter. Yeah. Like it's absolutely terrible looking. So mm-hmm. that's, oh, yeah. I, I definitely want to get one of those. And I saw um, I saw Limited Run had like a lot of those things on their site for like the Saturn and for the uh, fucking Sega CD and all this crazy shit. Yeah, people are definitely trying to start phasing out uh, the need to have a CRT TV mm-hmm. because I would ha- if I had more room in my place, I would have a CRT. And I have a place that I could put one, but I don't have like it would just make my this whole area chaos. So I'm de- I'm trying to find a way to still play. I haven't played my old games in years. Like, ever since I got rid of my old childhood CRT, I haven't played any of my, like, 100-something GameCube games or, like, any of, like, my PlayStation 2 stuff or any of that. So I want to, like, get back into it and, like, be able to use my Game Boy player yeah. on TV. God, that's um, fuck, dude. I think I have three Game Boy players, so I can theoretically play the Four Swords 
um, <laughs> all by yourself, <laughs> by myself, and have like a pretty decent experience doing it. Holy shit! With all the people that wished you happy birthday, dude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> man. Much love to all the people that wish me happy birthday. But one of you could at least Holy come over to my house. Fuck. I'm just That's kidding. quarantine, homie. I know that was the excuse that I uh, that I gave all of them <laughs> that I made up for. <laughs> people. That was the excuse I made up for people as I was uh, very alone on my birthday until my girlfriend woke up. So, ah uh, ha ha! Everyone has fun. Hosian, what games have you been playing besides playing games in my heart? Um, so I haven't really been playing anything that's like too deep right now. I've been playing Smash here and there. Uh, like I was telling you guys the last episode, um, I after like going ham on like the resident evils sometimes like i need like a i'm like i'm gonna take a little bit of like a vacation before i dive into the next thing hard and this weekend i'm playing with uh, a couple members of the discord we're gonna play some iceborne so we'll be oh, cool. i think we'll be doing that either on saturday or sunday so i'm kind of just like that's gonna be my big like huge like hours kind of days of like mm-hmm. game stuff so uh, right now i'm just like been mostly practicing like drum stuff and like trying to get better at photoshop so that's kind of been my main what i've been trying to fill my time with this last week mostly um so yeah the game shit i i I put on the back burner this week honestly i feel that you gotta do it sometimes i would games in general are on a pretty big uh back burner thing for me up until this month literally because comic stores closed down because i have time Mm -hmm. for one hobby in my life comics or games and since I wasn't getting comics or reading comics or anything, I was like, oh, I have actually time to play games now. Mm-hmm. But comics come back on May 20th, so then I'm done with the podcast and done with these friendships. Cool. <laughs> I, I, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to, I, I don't know, like, you, you guys ever have that feeling, like, where you're like, I want to dive into this, but for some reason, it just isn't that time yet. And you have no reason why. You just don't Yeah, feel I was it. holding Octopath Traveler in my case for a year before I finally put it in my Switch. Like, it's, it's just that right now. Like, I'm like, oh, I yeah, could, yeah. I could try to go beat doom but i don't have the motivation to do that right now and if i want to play something it's gonna i don't i don't want to play doom for 15 minutes i want to like sit down so i'll i'll play like a couple matches online on smash and then i'll be like all right i'm good so yeah i know you mean sometimes you just need your wind down game i think that's one of the reasons i wanted to play an rpg was because when you want to just grind it can be your wind down game Mm -hmm. or you can like advance through story and everything yeah Um, so no yeah and um I'm also just like another another thing is like oh I'm waiting on like packages to come so I can start shipping stuff and I'm like I don't I have the the room that I do this in like ready and set up exactly how I need for that and I'm just like I don't want to go into the game room and play anything and mess it up so it's like yeah I get that I'm kind of like waiting on that it's just a whole bunch of things so I just told myself I'll do it this weekend I'll play with uh, my moderator and a couple other guys on there and they'll help me like get level up quick in Monster Hunter. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. I haven't really been doing anything deep. Mm-hmm. Word, word, word. Um, oh, one other thing I did want to mention is because some kid asked a while back about like speed running and if there's games you wanted to speed run. And I was like, I would never do that shit. Um, I've actually gotten really into the idea of doing it now because there's a couple of Twitch dudes that I watch that like have some fucking. Have you, you guys know that game Two Worlds? Yes. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Have you seen the two mi- two and a half minute speed run of that game? No. God. Is there, there's is it a glitch? Uh it's it's kind of a glitch. Okay. I mean it is a glitch. So, like most speed running, you know, is glitch. Is like Well they glitch. have no like glitchless categories. This is this is a glitch run. This is this is a comedy run. 
Okay. So a lot of the speed running that interests me the most is the is the glitch hunting aspect or just the like I cannot believe you can do this. Well, and that and that actually it. like I'm a interject real fucking quick. So okay. obviously my favorite speed runner, favorite streamer, um, Elijah on Twitch, twitch.tv slash E L A J J A Z. It's spelled weird or whatever. He's Swedish, but the dude is a fucking boss at Dark Souls runs. He used to hold the world record and shit. Um, but he said it perfectly the other day. He's like, what killed speed running is the mesh viewer. I had no idea what he meant, mm-hmm. but what a mesh viewer is is it's a program where you can go into the game and see where the collisions and the frames uh. don't connect and those are areas where you can get out of the map uh. completely taking away the hunt yeah for sure i didn't so, know that, that was a thing because i feel like that is like that's the only thing that makes it communal is the hunting right. part yeah, somebody finds shit and they're like, guys, I fucking found the craziest shit in the world. You know, yeah, yeah you're 100% correct. So there is now a program that people can go into and see where these gaps are. Damn. But continue. That's And that's why, uh, continue. I'll, I'll say it after. Okay, okay. Um, There's a two, basically, okay, so I kind of dove into like watching some different stuff from uh, Games Done Quick. The, the guy that really made me start getting interested in, in this is uh, Pete Dorr, just... He's on YouTube and Twitch. is P E T E D O R R. He's like one of the OG massive game room guys on okay. YouTube that transitioned into Twitch and does really want. He had a great one the other day about a uh, cell damage that you would watch because he's playing Hell the GameCube yeah. one and everything. But um, so he, I was watching a bunch of his stuff and he has some really funny ones for this game called Urban Yeti, which I gotta link you guys to. And this one for this, I think I talked about it last week. This broke this broken uh lord of the rings rpg is a really funny run for that but i was bouncing around with that and i found this dude that had a two and a half minute speed run of two worlds i was like well this game is like completely destroyed like it like why what could you possibly do here and it's not like he doesn't clip through anything or any level anything like that what happens is when you go through the first main town the final boss of the game is essentially a football field over to the right and you can run over and if you just randomly hit him he'll kill you instantly but he has or he'll come up and as soon as he can hit you he kills you instantly but he has his 40,000 health right and he throws these bombs at you but what someone figured out is if you hit him and then lead him back into the town if he throws a bomb the bomb has splash damage and it'll hit one of the townspeople who are invincible and all the townspeople will get up react and beat the shit out of the final boss and kill him Insane. And, and then when you do that, the game instantly jumps to the last cutscene and ends. Damn. Um, Amazing. Yeah. But it's made me get really into that. That's one of the reasons I want to get back into like some of my GameCube stuff. It's because I have so many games that like I know the ones that are pretty janky. And just the idea of like, oh, grab a platformer, start the first level, turn around, look at the wall, and just start jumping and seeing what happens. That's kind of interesting to me. So I kind of want to start trying to trying some of that stuff to see if like i could really dive into it at all uh-huh but what yeah, were you no, gonna say? i what bet it's point? a fucking crazy crazy experience trying to get into it dude i mean especially like gamecube games and stuff because 
motherfuckers that speed run that shit have been speed running it you know they've mm-hmm. all the ins and outs and shit and the communities are all fucking fairly welcoming you know like it's 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 a fun ass world to get into for sure yeah i'm gonna see if i can get nfl blitz down to sub 10 minutes there you go no. the whole campaign all go. the way to the green bay packers yep i'm watching the two worlds run right now and oh, you this are. is fucking hilarious <laughs> Yeah, that that game got fucking ripped the shreds. Yeah, I uh, I went. I was actually watching that Pete Door dude. He did. A, he was doing a normal stream of Two Worlds the other day, uh-huh. and man, that game has a frame rate of seven, dude. Yeah, and it it's like it, so sucks. those speed runs, kind of like Ocarina of Time being completed in like three minutes or some shit like that. Like I respect the fuck out of them for what they are, but as far as watching them, that's kind of like a one and done. Like I can watch oh, yeah, Dark totally. Souls it's not all boss run it. like for eight hours a day for weeks at a time. Yeah, but um, those other ones like I like that's cool as shit as a little party trick or something. But I just fuck, dude. You know, like it's yeah, it is what it well, is. Well, you like like you like playing the game. There's a difference between optimizing playing the game and trying to break the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I guess, I guess um, what did I was I trying to relate it to? I forget what I was uh, gonna fucking. I don't know. Go ahead. I, know, I was just saying that, like, I think the interesting aspect of the glitch hunting part is like mm-hmm. watching the people as they figure out where the glitches are, and that's the rewatchable part. Right. The actual yeah. the actual party trick, like you're saying, like that is a one done. Like, oh, that was fun to watch. It made me laugh for a little bit. I can't believe yeah. that happens. But there's a, there's definitely a different intensity between that and watching someone who has just like figured out the perfect way to 100% yeah. breath of the wild in 35 hours. Right. You know, like that's like one is funny and like impressive um but the other one is impressive in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. You know, when when someone can just fucking grind through like you said something like dark souls with like perfect precision. Mhm. That feel that that feels like watching Michael Jordan play. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Bert, do you want to uh, move us on to our big topic of the evening? Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, over the past month, I uh, I got Neo 2. Really, really fucking awesome game. They improved so much shit from the original one. I was enjoying the hell out of it. So Neo 2, there's it's not like Dark Souls where there's a big open map. It's split up into specific levels that you have to go into and complete objectives or fight bosses and all this shit. Um, you know, which is awesome. I, it's a, it's a good break from the Soulsborne open map and all that shit. Um, so I, I'm playing this area and like you have one world map and it transitions to, or like where you pick your stages and your home base and all this shit. And then after a while, like another one opens up and you can go to all these levels and shit like that. And, um, I got to the second like area after playing through like 10 different levels and what I noticed is, like, the entire game, or at least the 20 hours or so I put into it, every single place was the same, like, ancient J- Japanese town. Like, the, the same houses, the same trees, the same pathways, the same river, the same bridge. It was all the same, to be honest. So, like, I I didn't feel like fucking playing after two after like the second level in that little area and i think there's like 60 some odd bosses to fight in neo 2 and their their bosses are outstanding they all have a lot of variety to them and shit like that but i mean i probably only fought 
10 to 15 of those. I didn't get far in the game at all. But I haven't played it since then. Like, I have not picked it back up. And I started thinking to myself because around the same time, I was playing um, Ori 2. And, like, dude, that's one of those games where I probably had a smile on my face the entire time I was playing that game. Like, some games I legit, like, sit down. And while I'm playing them, like, even when I'm getting fucked up and when it's fucking difficult and I'm going back and forth with a boss and i got to keep going back, keep going back, it's like... I'm still like having a blast. Like I'm legitimately have a smile on my face because this is so well done. And so like Ori, like it's this beautiful dark setting and like you're in a fucking forest and shit like there's trees and surroundings and everything. But then you get to this crazy fucking desert where like the abilities, you know, and obviously this is classic Metroidvania shit, but like the abilities you have and acquire in these areas are you know you're able like you get to a desert where there's sand on the fucking ceiling there's sand on the ground there's sand in the walls and these specific areas you have to get a certain ability and that allows you to like dash through these fucking walls and the abilities aren't some like you know like shit mechanic that makes it boring to play like you already anybody that's played ori knows how like fluid the movement is like knows how perfect it and fun it is to move ori around and jump everywhere you're so fast you have so many abilities that allow you to get from here and there so then you get these other abilities in most games most games the water traversal is fucking agonizing the swimming is fucking horrible most games when you're digging into the ground you are it is a fucking nightmare and it's so clunky and you don't want to do it but ori like the swimming and the goddamn um and the guy when you can dig through and burrow through the sand and all this stuff like they make him more mobile they make him more agile they make him so much faster and quicker and like more powerful because you can like dash and fight enemies that you couldn't hit beforehand and um i'm just realizing like even in some shitty brown wind like a uh, desert storm swept area even in like the fucking blight town of ori 2 the game was gorgeous they they utilize so many specific like light sources or different kinds of enemies to make the game so fucking beautiful and so like what i wanted to talk about was like how environments in video games because we're all huge in either platformers or beat-em-ups or fucking um yeah these specific type of games where the environment is kind of everything and i notice like Honestly, a lot of games that I really enjoy, probably, I don't finish because the environment is fucking boring me to death. I don't want to live in this world anymore. I don't want to explore your game anymore because you just didn't put any fucking effort into it. And it sucks because, like, that's the single first thing I noticed of Neo 2 was I spawned in and I didn't know, like... It's a game released in 2020. I didn't know what was a walkway and what was just a wall of trees. It was so fucking confusing to look at. And that continued the entire time, you know? So um, what are y'all's thoughts on like how much an environment plays into your fatigue with the game or how much you enjoy the game? Like, do you, like if the game has beautiful fucking combat that you're just eating the fuck up, like... How, like, will you literally put 60 hours into that if it's just a fucking nasty-ass atmosphere or the same fucking house over and goddamn over again? Um, 
so what I want to ask is how much does level design play into this for you too? Like when like you're like pathways or Yeah, yeah, so j- just as an example, um say I'm trying to think. Okay, something like say you took Bloodborne. You like Bloodborne, right? Loved it. Okay, so say you took Bloodborne, but the aesthetic like the the game was exactly the same mm-hmm. as it is now, but the aesthetic of every level is 100% just the same as the first the first level, the first town. Yeah. How would that affect How do you think that would affect the game for you? Um like looking back on it, it's crazy because Bloodborne barely affected me. And mm-hmm. I, the thing about Bloodborne is I don't know if that's why you brought this up, but Bloodborne was damn near the same fucking setting the entire way. Um cuz I was thinking like Dark Souls Dark Souls has, like, forest areas and then swamp areas and then this and that. Bloodborne, like, had that, like, in the beginning it had that swampy, foresty area and stuff like that. But after that, like, a lot of Bloodborne was the same. That's that's why, like, I think, like, getting to the DLC, the Old Hunters DLC, I think that did a lot for it. Mm -hmm. But um, Bloodborne, I think it was just, like, I don't know why that worked. Because it was, a lot of that was the same fucking thing. But other games, like... It would not have done that for me. Well, I guess that was really that really is what I'm getting at is I think for me okay, so I think I have oh, I have a perfect example right now. Um mm-hmm. I've been playing I think I talked about the last podcast that Immortal Redneck game. Yeah. Um where it's a roguelike. So you are like, you know, there's permadeath and when you die it's over and you have to restart basically from square one your character mm-hmm. gets better blah 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 but you know i haven't made it through the first temple or the first big arena there's three and yeah. it even though that game is procedurally generated it's yeah but it's just placing different rooms like tile sets around on different floors and everything so i'm still seeing the same rooms over and over and over again just in a different order yeah and you know i played that game for 10 hours and I I don't think that's why it's fatigued me yet. It's the idea that it's so hard to get past the last boss. But I think to me, like an environment, like cool environments can really sell me on a game. But for me, it always boils down more to the gameplay over presentation. Yeah. And the presentation and gameplay can go hand in hand and like enhance one another. Um, but. I can like deal with something kind of looking like shit sometimes. If something is supposed to be a triple A game, and suddenly it looks like shit, like suddenly the textures all disappear, everything's smooth when it shouldn't be. That's that's different. So I can look past it, but I will say that it can really enhance certain experiences for me. Like the first game that I think I played, where I really, really noticed um, some stuff going on, like the environments and how much they came in for me was um super mario sunshine yeah because uh you know like the water in that game just looks incredible and it has this it's the same kind of thing the whole time like the super tropical feel um but like you know like when you look up at the sun 
it glares like you're looking at a J.J. Abrams yep. movie. There's, you know, when, like when you're out and you're on the hot asphalt and you look straight ahead of you and on the horizon you see the heat making it look like it's bubbling everything. And, mm-hmm. like, they have that element in the lighting of the game. And that, like, I fell in love with that game when I was a kid. And I yep. thought, about th- thought about it today that the reason I fell in love with the game is not because of the gameplay or the level design because I never got that far into it. It was the environment. Yeah. That made me fall in love with it. It was the presentation. It was the the not, the really fun theme. Yeah, that's um. I think that's what um on the topic of Super Mario. Like, I think that's what made Mario sixty four so fucking perfect. Was that not only is it this like breakthrough three D title for its time, but look at how much like look at how much you fucking um have to explore. You know, they didn't just give you a fucking... They didn't just give you this, um, like, tower to climb. They didn't just give you, you know, the fucking mountain with the bomb and the fucking little island to shoot up to. Like, you have snow levels, you have the fire level, you have this, you have that. And it's like, that's a huge fucking lesson to learn in video games is, like, give people these different environments to explore. Mm -hmm. Make it fucking fresh and shit like this. But at the same time, you have games like, say, Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game, as wild as it is to bring that up, pretty much same fucking um, sort of level and aesthetic every area. Mm-hmm. But the objectives and the creativity and like the item placement and the people or the uh, obstacles and all that shit, like that, I didn't think about it for a fucking second. Granted, that was a like six to ten hour almost single pl- single sitting playthrough of a game. You know, it wasn't this 20, 30 hour experience you got to grind through. Yeah, super sure. Um, so you could say that about FF7 Remake, you know? Like, that's why the wall market is such a breath of fresh air is because it's so fucking different, you know? Like, it's just such a different environment. It's a different step away from, like, this brooding, like, slums atmosphere in Midgar. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think it's, like, such a fucking huge lesson. Like, Macbeth and Star Fox 64. So, Star Fox 64 had a good variety of missions and um all of this shit it was just it threw another wrench in the game like yes not only do you go from our wing to tank but i really felt like it was following this fucking train and like smacking it the entire time it wasn't just shooting at flying things and shooting other things while you're flying through and stuff but you have this single target that you're tailing the entire time and nevertheless like that fucking boss fight was the coolest fucking thing in the game. Like, you can either choose to have a fucking shootout with this awful fucking, like, flying motherfucker, or you can, like, shoot these switches that they hit out. And that shit wasn't fucking easy. Like, you had to fucking go literally, like, looking for these switches and the creative ways to fucking tackle them. And I still miss them today, and I've done it a hundred fucking times. Mm-hmm. So, like, this variety in fucking games is so goddamn huge. If you're gonna have, like a 20 30 hour experience or more like I, I, I goddamn i don't care like i say i don't care uh, how fucking um great the game is bloodborne is an exception i feel cuz holy shit bloodborne is like a fucking masterclass game um but like beat em ups i'll go back and say like devil may cry the first one 
That was an incredibly similar aesthetic the entire fucking time. Um, and, like, I didn't think about it when I was younger, but I think about it now. And, I mean, I I just... Like, they could have done something better. Like, yeah, when you go from, hey, I'm in the fucking building, now I'm in the sewers. There's always a sewers, I feel like. And it's almost gotten to the point where sewers are getting old because everybody's sewers are the goddamn same. For some reason, the sewers are the fucking annoying part of the game. Ninja Gaiden Black. Oh my god, dude. Resonating that evil. fucking little extra mission where you're fucking the beetles that could kill you in one hit. You have to kill a hundred of them for a lives of the thousand gods. Like, holy fuck. You know, it's such a long fucking time. And then you got to kill a hundred of the little fucking one-eye dudes in the hallway. Like, God, I remember that shit, dude. Like, I'm so over fucking sewers in video games. Yeah. I think the whole reason Ninja Gaiden Black's fucking sewers were shit was because of the goddamn shit where you had to go up and down to get the waterfall to work or some shit. Mm-hmm. Sewers is, like, Resident Evil also, the sewers are the least coolest part of the game, too, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think I feel like the whole... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, as far as, the, like, how important level design is, though, like, like, if you play a game like Uncharted, that gameplay can't stand alone on its own, you know, in my opinion. Right. So, like... It is, in that scenario, super important that it is the way it is. Because when you play a game like Last of Us, for me, neither of them had enough, like, staying power. So, like, I beat the game, but by the, like, third of the the way in, I was kind of, like, over it already. Yeah. So, like, that's a game where, and I'm sure people out there would be like, dude, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, like, the gameplay didn't do enough, and neither did the level design. Uh, a game similar to that is like so definitely the thing that Sony did throughout PS3 but really on PS4 was they ended up pushing a lot of the the narr- emotional narrative game like third person action games which were all end up being really sick but when you boil down the gameplay that the gameplay is kind of shallow um, and Horizon Zero Dawn was definitely one of those games for me. Really? Uh, okay, but but here's the thing. Now, okay, I would okay. I would say if Uncharted is like a like Uncharted definitely commits that sin way more than Horizon. I think Horizon had enough small things to do in it to where like to where it wasn't really a problem to me. Like you could attack all these monsters in a ton of different ways. You could do all the you could do all the different tasks in almost any order that you wanted. Um, if you attack this one, like this monster, by breaking this piece mm-hmm. first, this happens. So I think it has way more variety, but there is still that element of like you have like in certain points of the game they have to pick gameplay or story, and sometimes you have to pick story in these big narrative things. But mm-hmm. any time I started to feel like that, the presentation, the environments, and the character design is what saves it because it gets kind of boring. Or you start to feel like you've seen a lot of the same things, but then you hit a brand new city, a brand new area. And the whole thing with that game is each different area is its own condensed culture that's never encountered the other the other areas that you've been to, the other cultures that you've seen. So it's almost like seeing it's almost like going from one deserted island or one like all, like third world island to another one. Yeah. The culture shock is really intense and that's like so the dialect changes how the NPCs that come out and fight with you, how they fight changes, um, and then the environments change. Like it was, it was snowier here 
it's a desert over here and they have their own those environments play into the gameplay differently and that's one where i think um the presentation definitely saves some moments like that because even though it does have a lot of variety there are certain points where you're just kind of killing boars in the forest you know yep. wild style but anytime that happens it's normally happening when you're seeing something that you've never seen before, not with the monsters, but with the people and with the towns and with the environment. And that always kind of saves it for me. That's one of the reasons I like the game so much mm-hmm. com- compared to things like Uncharted and The Last of Us and even God of War. Yeah, um, I, I can like I can really respect a game, like a smaller scale game, because obviously, you know, games like Games like Red Dead Redemption, games like Skyrim, they have varying like um, environments in the game, but they're also ten minute walks in each direction. You know, I I can't get enough of like smaller ish games that aren't afraid to immediately like have a fucking have a fire goddamn mountain one step away from like a goddamn snowy fucking area like you know ori 2 did it you just out of nowhere like you're just running around a bunch of trees and stuff you go up one frame and then the snow starts to like appear on the ground and you're getting into a new area um the witness is a phenomenal fucking example of this because it's an open world game and from anywhere you stand on the map, you can look out and see accessible, like nothing in that game is off limits from the second you press start. Um, accessible environments. You see a snowy area, you see a giant mountain, you see a lava area, you see a fucking shipwreck, you see a desert, you see all this crazy shit. And you can go and explore all of that within five minutes. And like, it's so fresh. Like everywhere you go is so fresh. Like if you took the witness... And, you know, you had the same puzzles, the same beautiful, challenging, fun puzzles, but you didn't have this beautiful, like, Japanese garden. You didn't have this fucking boat to take around the island and, like, do puzzles in the environment and shit like that. You didn't have this forest. You didn't have this fucking, um, goddamn, like, apple tree puzzle area. Even as simple as that, just a little area where there's apples on different branches and stuff like that, and that's how you solve the puzzle. Like, the game was so fucking phenomenal, and a big part about that is, is he's such a fucking genius as far as level design, and as far as reducing all the filler and all the, oh, just because this uh, this is lava and this is snow, they have to be an hour away from each other. That's what's cool about that, you know, like, the, about The Witness, is that you get so, like, used to in a, a little bit of certain things in that game's environment, so when you do see, like, the apple tree thing, you know that that's something to, like... You're like okay, that's like my eye caught that. hundred percent. Like you're like I want to go there now because that's like something that's different from the other parts I just saw. I know exactly what you're talking about too. Is because that's how like the witness is so smart because any point like I've said this before, anywhere you stand on the map, you can look out to the rest of the map. Like if you get on top of a building and you look out towards the rest of the map, there are probably five puzzles or so right where you're standing where you can activate. You might not be able to complete them there, but all there's all these like there's hundreds of like these small puzzles, but the whole island itself there's so many puzzles on it, like a river. You start playing that game, and like you said, your eye catches certain things, and you'll see a river with like a circular pool, and it'll catch your eye, and you'll go to that pool, and you'll click on it. 
and it starts lighting up like it activates a puzzle and you'll be like holy fuck dude i can now like move this along the river or something or you take that boat around the uh the 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 whole island and you'll be looking at the island and you'll start to catch things you'll catch the circle you'll catch the snake and that is such smart goddamn I mean, going back on the red dead 2 thing like arguably like when it came to red dead 2 like because they put so much into the environment that kind of honestly slowed down a lot of the gameplay um so they did in my they in my opinion they did a pretty good job of like being like oh there's something over there i'm gonna go check it out um Mm -hmm. but that's a that's a situation where the environment's so cool and so beautifully done that it can also like kind of hold it back because the gameplay requires every like moment it's like such a realistic that's, type thing you know i don't that's, know how to that's a it. good yeah no that's an awesome point to bring up because i didn't even think about it. i used red dead 2 as a bad example because everything's so spread far apart obviously because when you have such a large area there's so much room for filler there's so much room of great i had like red dead one with respect to the area the timeline it was set it got kind of old okay now i have to ride my horse down this fucking train track five minutes to get to the next side the only reason the only reason red dead one was that annoying is because i had to be on a road or a path which was very easy to skirt off of on my horse to go max speed that's that realism for realism's sake dude just let me take the fucking horse over the like done unpaved road just just let me but, take but the, my fucking in red in red dead one's downfall in that scenario though it's like oh when i get in the water i die it's like yeah well that me. that was gta 3 vice city that's why i think san andreas was so wild was because you could actually fucking swim you know it was like holy shit i've been missing this like i'm this crazy dude i can fly planes and all this crazy shit but i and i get it they were they were they they had to restrict your access to the other islands so does that does that bother does that bother you in that situation where you're like okay i get it they don't want me going there right now or ever blah 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 like unrealistic yeah unrealistic um barriers do in a way get to me because if i could get past the barrier while the bridge was out in some way then why not let me swim but a shark eats me or something you know i don't like i get it they it's just they just wanted to have that barrier. I get it. Swimming was not part of GTA 3. That's fine. Um, but, like you said, it can restrict a lot of things. But what I did love specifically, Red Dead Redemption 2, they did fix something, is the fact that, like, I remember I was running through some boring-ass... It was pretty, but some boring-ass forest in Red Dead 2. Come across a boarded-up house. Okay, the door's not open, but there I, I'm looking around. This house has to be here for something. There's too much detail in this extremely creepy, boarded-up house for it to just be here. And, like, awesome on the developer. I love. I, it's back and forth. I love when developers put shit in the, to the uh, place to just give it some life, give it some purpose. But I also am a fool for Easter eggs. So you've got this house in Red Dead 2. And, okay, there's a little crate over here I can jump onto. Then I can jump onto this. Then I can get on the roof. Then I can jump over here to this awning. And then there's a window open. You climb into the window, and it's this fucked up, um, like, experimenting room where a bunch of rednecks fucking were putting together the man-bear pig. And I, I think there was, I think it was like a man-bear something else or whatever, but... It was the fucking coolest shit in the world because it was a really creepy, fucked up atmosphere Easter egg to the goddamn man bear pig uh, scenario. 
Um, I love that the, shit. So the same thing happened when to me you too. have when you have this giant fucking area to explore and shit like that. Just do something with it, and that keeps it interesting. That way, I'm not just for twenty. And that game knew that if it didn't do stuff like that, it would suffer because the 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 traversal time and distance between yeah. location A and B is is way bigger than it is in a game like GTA Five. Even in GTA Five's map's pretty huge too, but it's because yeah. of the type of game this is. It, it, really... it needed to do more. For instance, I had similar situation in that game where I was um, kind of just randomly exploring, and I and I stumbled across this like a uh, outhouse that was wrapped in chains. And then when I got up to it, there was like a banging on the door, and it was like ah, nah, like this like crazy demon sound. And I was like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and then I I left it alone, dude. And then later yeah. on, in the, like later on in the game, I ended up doing like a mission where it like somehow that had to do with it. And I was like, "Wow, that's so cool that like that accidentally happened." Um, uh-huh. And that's one of those like awesome like environment like candy moments where you're like, "Holy shit!" Like. I didn't know what this was for, but I also didn't assume that it would come into play at some point. It was just like yeah. it was just a cool thing and then I found out it was like they locked up the 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 daughter that was like kind of like deformed or something so they treated her like shit and they so they were like we have to hide her because we're some pristine family that can't look wrong blah 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 and I was like oh that's so cool yeah. and you like found that out reading letters from the the characters that were in love with each other and I thought that was like okay that's that takes a lot of freaking work and like like care to like really do stuff some, some shit like that yeah and that's and that's why i think like breath of the wild's best decision was to split up and this is this is a bad thing and it's a good thing because obviously our favorite part about zelda games are the amazing fucking dungeons that have so much goddamn thought put into them the problem like breath of the wild's best fucking thing and worst fucking thing was the fact that it took the dungeons and it spread them out to 120 fucking shrines mm-hmm. so the dungeons were actually not only optional, but also really bland. That's the whole reason the dungeons were bland. They were the same fucking thing. Yeah, this one you're in a bird, this one you're in an elephant, but they looked the same. They The enemies were the same. That was the biggest bitch everybody had about that game because otherwise it was fucking perfect. And then the shrines, to an extent, 120 shrines. They all have the same fucking look to them. That's that monotony they could have just done a little more with like dude just hey if you're only gonna do four dungeons still give us some kind of crazy fucking dungeon and to their defense like getting to the dungeon was the extra environment that i'm kind of talking about but the dungeon itself was just weak like yeah you had to fucking you had to go run up the fucking zora mountain and go meet the zoras and all this shit to get to the goddamn elephant you had to go do the fucking garadu quest in the desert and all this crazy shit and get the female armor to get to the fucking sand dungeon you had to do the i get it i just like i want i just that's all that's my only bitch i i have a few more bitches about breath of the wild but it's such a perfect game and that's such a smart design is to take the bulk of the puzzles that you thought up and spread them all over 120 fucking times and that's huge and obviously then you have 900 korok seeds you have that weird shit like the unicorn you have the fucking creepy fucking um item seller guy where you can get the dark link uh suit 
Breath of the Wild had so many little Easter eggs and knickknacks hidden all throughout it. The fucking dragons, dude. Like, when I first saw, because they didn't fucking, they didn't, like, spoil that or anything in a trailer. When I was just hanging out in the game, it was, like, nighttime, and I just see this giant fucking glowing dragon. Man, I didn't oh, know that, that, that was, was a game. fucking magical moment. I was like, what the fuck is that, dude? I literally had no idea that was in that game, so that just got spoiled for me. You're kidding. I'm, t- I'm not kidding. I'm pretty upset. Well, it was, it's been upset. three years, so it's this, your This love. is how I feel. <laughs> Earth <laughs> dies, by the way. That's fine. Actually, I didn't know about that, but I don't care. Um, um, but maybe not in the new one. Who knows? Oh, yeah. At this point. Because the whispers are all dead. Aerith is alive. Spoiler and very, alert! And, I, and I heard she's looking thick right now. Um, she is. She is a lot thicker than. I wanted to mention uh, one more thing. Uh, the uh, so an example, Bert. You know this, but in Metal Gear Solid Five, it's like to me. Besides, like hitting the camp here or there, like like that was a game where it was like they kind of dropped a ball with shit to do on the way, or shit. You know, it's crazy because. That is literally like one of the funnest games I've and ever here's played. The thing. But I, I yeah, I look back on it, and because I've gone no no I've gone back and tried to play it mm-hmm. again, and seen like how much is out there. Because when you unlock like the little like auto mech thing that you can ride on, yeah. that thing is so fucking fast. It's extremely fast. I rode that every. You can also run basically like a fucking superhuman. <laughs> you can. So. You can. That's um, a, but go ahead. What were you I was going to say, like, that's one of those situations. I think that what made me keep going was, like, the, was the fact that I was like, wow, I'm playing a Metal Gear Solid game that is this expansive in map. That, 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 yeah. but besides that, like, breaking it down to, like, the nitty gritty of it all, like, it's like, hmm, this was, this could have been done exactly how a Metal Gear Solid 4 was. Like, because that's, yeah. like, so. I think what kept me going was obviously like you are a Metal Gear fan, you want to play it, but that aside, it was like, oh, cool, I'm doing this. I, I never thought I'd be a snake fucking riding a horse. I, that's that's it. Right. It was a gameplay that helped it keep going because I agree with you. That's one of the funnest games I played on the PS4 generation, but it's also one of those games where it's like, but can I revisit it? Because I beat the game. I love the game. It's awesome. But at the same mm-hmm. time, when I think about uh, replaying Metal Gear Solid games, all of them come up except that one. Yeah, and and I, I it's it's crazy because the, here's here's how they did good or did well design around that is that every the game is mostly like you going on a mission, you being extracted, you going back to mother base and doing your thing. The way they got around how empty that map is for real is they every entrance is right outside of the mission area and every extraction is right outside of the mission area. So you like, yeah, we all love exploring and we all go in like while we're there, why not go and tackle three or four missions in the area? But the problem is, is that they're so fucking far away. You wind up running all this distance when it's like, okay, I could do that. Or I could sit in two loading screens and be inserted right outside of the mission area. So yeah, big, big failure on their part there. And I mean, it's, I think what saved that for me is, I love like being over there and shit like that. Any game that I can see how you recreated Afghanistan, like 
I thought it was beautiful and they did a very good job. Like there were certain towns and shit like that looked very fucking um, on point on Afghanistan. And there's certain Arma 3 maps. There's a game, there's an FPS called Squad, which is like it tries to balance like the battlefield arcade style, large scale like arcade style combat with like more tactical um, squad combat and shit like that. And their maps on Afghanistan are fucking crazy looking. It looks just like it. I love shit like that. So I think that's where fan pain was a little more saved for me but absolutely like at a certain point dude i'm running fucking through the same goddamn and, and desert, then at the same know? time you can't you can't tell me like oh it it changes because now enemies have helmets when you revisit this place like not like that's, at all. that's and not a- the and the the 200 some odd side quests are all in like it's all the same five or six bases that you're in and there are a few bases like where you fight um the uh, Vulgan, like in fire form or whatever, like that. That yeah. little fortress was really fun to repeat multiple times, but yeah. no, n- none of those were actual actually fun to repeat more than like the ground zeros, like like mission itself. Like uh, yeah. I enjoyed playing that over and over and over again because there was so much depth, and I get it. It's a it's more of like a like a closeted like one type of scenario thing. So you could kind of think of think of more things to do, but yeah, five. If if five was more like just a hospital scene in the beginning of the game, I would have been still f- feeling really good about the game. But uh, yeah, that and then that game specifically, it's 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 replayability, it's replayability, and it's like how it got around how unforgiving its level design was was the sheer amount of different ways you could go about something the sheer amount of toys they gave you that's why the game was so goddamn fun but yeah when you look at its level design it it was obviously flawed because there was just nothing it's the same reason why everybody looks at gears of war and they're like it's just brown you know i mean fucking fucking kill zone (laughs) (laughs) well that's what i got well that's about all i got for that too i think my whole point with that was just like I don't know, it matters to me some, but I think I end up playing so many low, fucking low poly games sometimes it doesn't. But even those low poly games though, like there's still a vibe. It's there's huge. still a vibe though, like like. Oh no, yeah, there is like I think really. Um, it just I don't know. It just depends on the game. I will say I was talking a dude that I work with. Uh, he hasn't gamed in fucking years, and he just bought a PS4 Pro, so mm. I uh, I brought him some games. Um, that I haven't been playing for a while, but he told me he had just downloaded Arkham Knight and Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Spider-Man. Uh-huh. I was like, the crazy thing that you're going to notice is the difference in the environment. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, they both take place in a massive city, but one feels like a cartoon. Jesus. Yeah. One feels like you're just in New York. Like, yeah. and I love Arkham Knight, but like, I was like, the thing that sells Spider-Man so hard that none of the Arkham games have ever been able to do is actually make it feel like you're in a real place because you you fly around and there's people shopping, you know? You land next to someone and they freak out for a second because they're like, what the fuck just fell from the sky? And then they ask you to, like, take a picture with them and shit. It feels like a it's real like a, place. It, it, it's, like, it's like that that quote that developers say, the, the, the world's breathing or some shit. Yeah, it feels like the world is breathing. Also, it just takes place in the... Like, you can actually see what's going on because it takes place in the day. That- but isn't Gotham, like, such a brooding and, like, slummy place? It is, but it, they. But the whole thing is in every one of the games, there's always some excuse for why there's no civilian, like, regular people, no civilians anywhere. There, there was a night. Huh? 
There was a night. They got evacuated. Uh, right? There was like people were, everywhere. No, they were. The, there's criminals everywhere. Really? Okay. Yeah, everyone was evacuated. That's, that's okay. Th- that's why you can kill everybody on the street. Yeah. That's like the thing this. about Arkham Knight is like it's got the gameplay I love that makes a Batman game, but the things that they did to make you f- like traverse through the world. Yeah, there was like, I, there. I don't. I, I cannot love it. And I and I had this conversation. My boss is actually a super big fan of the uh, Batmobile segments, and I'm just like. I what fucking fuck? wish that I cared like Ooh. I was into it, man, because I for a Batman situation, like, yeah, that's a gray ass game, but that's because that's Batman. You you played it because you like that's what you want anyways. Like in that situation, you're like, this is the dark game, this isn't fucking you know, super bright colors, blah blah blah. But like, dude, yeah when you, what, like the, the Spider Man thing and Tate started playing it recently and I was like really like kinda got like in, a, a big appreciation for it was like traversing the game is fun i'm not going to say that uh because arkham knight and arkham cities when you're batman himself the traversal is so fucking sick but when you yeah. make the level design as big as you do in arkham knight it can't just be a bigger map for nothing like and and their excuse to get around that was like oh but you're in the batmobile so it's fun it's like no it's not because then the gameplay gets shitty because you got to fight the same tank over and over again and that shit's fucking dumb. Like, and yeah. I, I, it sucks because that's that's a game series that I really love. I just couldn't even beat Arkham Knight for some reason. And I know one day I'll get to it. But damn, if I if I could skip the Batmobile sequence, I would have probably been like super in love with the game. It is pretty punishing. I do think if I remember right, you can switch difficulties in the game. And so I know some people that'll bump it down to easy, so you can just do it all. But really wasn't fast. that a fake like the mm-hmm. achievement or the trophy if people are into that shit? Well, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but but like, who gives a shit? Like to me, I'm not a tro- I'm not a trophy hunter and achievement. See, that's the, that's the kind of stuff that would bother me. I I wouldn't do that because I want that. It's you know what I mean. That's fair. I think Arkham Knight is totally a game that if you like the Batman games in general, you should finish. Um, because I don't think I think that sh- the Batmobile shit kind of sucks, but never t- it never got frustrating until the last the last two segments that you have to do it. There's one uh-huh. big horde fight. And then a boss fight that involves it, and the boss fight is uh, is pretty fucking annoying. But um, everything else about that I like. Because isn't Arkham Knight a bit like, as far as like story campaign length, isn't it about the same as Arkham City's? But the game just feels longer because you're doing monotonous shit before you get to each part. No, I don't. Uh, I might be looking at it through like a colored lens here because I love superhero comic books so much that I'll do anything. And have fun in that like world and that mindset. Um, but after playing through pretty much all of the Arkham games somewhat recently, I don't think it's any more or any less monotonous than the other stuff. I think people get tired of the Batmobile because so now the city's bigger, and there's still no good way to do actual fast travel, like teleport from point a to point b they only really did that in arkham origins um Mm -hmm. so you can either glide all the way across the city from point from like one spot to the other or you can take the batmobile and the batmobile is faster but barely it's like five percent faster but most people end up doing that because it seems faster and i think that's what bores them with it and that's what makes them think it takes more time also because when once you do that it's this massive city but when you're driving there's really only like six 
actual streets, six like actual routes. So you see the same things over and over. So there's over no again. there's you no like always... weird like side dirty alleys or whatever. I mean there is, but like they don't matter. Right. Like you'll go when you get into like you'll drive from area to area. When you get into that area, there might be a combat encounter where you you're weaving slowly through these alleys and stuff and like stealth things. But as far as the actual driving, just you're using it as transportation. Uh, they really simplified it so you wouldn't get lost. So there's only a couple of, of routes, and you have to go back in the Batmobile to the police station over and over again because you're always capturing people, putting them oh, back yeah, in the car, yeah, yeah. and taking them back. And I think that bores people. I don't think that game feels monotonous. I think especially if you do some of the side stuff, the side missions are some of the more entertaining ones in that whole series. Yeah, um, I agree. Are but, we still on night? Yeah, we're still on night. It's crazy because like I I I don't know why, dude, but I fell in love with the fucking um Batmobile portions. I really like the side quest with the Batmobile portions. Was the last boss you were talking about was that the one in like a parking garage? Uh it's it's not really in a parking garage. Or was garage. it like under a building, like construction area? Yeah, you're under you're in these tunnels. Yeah, that that um, was a nightmare. I remember yeah, that. That one because like I, I do know one thing that I hate about the fucking... Uh, this is so off topic from what we were actually talking about, but one thing I fucking hate... This this is where I fucking get a, a fucking big... Uh, one of those. Um, is uh, the Riddler... Some, one of the things people love the most about those games are the Don't Riddler get me started trophies. on that in this game. And I don't... like. I think that stuff is kind of cool, but it's like... I was going to 100% Arkham Knight until I figured out how many trophies there were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm totally good on that. But the Riddler encounters in this game, where you're actually going to his place, the the Riddler story stuff, is all based around the Batmobile. And it's all obstacle courses in that. And that Wait. shit Boo. sucks ass. I did, like, yeah. two of them, and I was like, he has Catwoman hostage, and I was like, she can die. It's fine. I don't Well, care. that Riddler shit was, my, was one of my favorite things about uh, Asylum and, and City, and I mentioned to you already on this podcast that I... Uh, Arkham Asylum I actually 100% of that game because I was so obsessed yeah. with like finding that because he, there was always something else that he would say and you just want to hear it and stuff and it was cool with the actual ending uh, the real ending of Arkham Asylum when he gets caught by the police or whatever um, totally that, that shit's cool I was going to mention one more thing because you're a fan of this game but uh, Ultimate Spider-Man like that game's awesome level design Ooh. as well uh, because it's you know it's oh yeah classic and not Spider-Man. just level design but but the look and feel how it's the same I feel the same way about that that it feels that game feels more alive than any of the Arkham games and then and then when you play as my only one thing with that game was when you whenever you did play as Venom you can't really enjoy the environment because you always have guys shooting at you constantly yeah and you're basically on a timer that's true mm-hmm. too. um. But I, I get wanting to like divide it up and make it feel like two different things. Yeah. But that's another example. That was a like, great game. That's like OG original Xbox, PS2, GameCube era. Where I was like, this game has some oh, real yeah. life to it, man. Oh yeah, totally. God, I love that, that game. Great. If I can, I'm trying to right now. I'm trying to buy that uh, GameCube adapter because it's actually it's sold out a few days ago. So I put I sent my girlfriend a list of things I wanted for my birthday, and I got everything I wanted from her and from her family who were very sweet to me except this gamecube adapter so i was like i'll buy it but it turns out it sold out everywhere like two days ago so i'm mm-hmm. hunting it uh but one of the main reasons is because i just want to play ultimate spider-man really bad <laughs> um but 
if we're wrapped up, does everyone feel good about this? Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to keep going on environments? Uh, I'm move on. Straight. Cool. I mean, I never. I'm uh, glad we talked about this because I never actually thought about that while I'm playing a game. Sometimes, like, uh, well, you might have just like subconsciously, you know. Yeah. Oh it yeah, might it's have been just something in the back of your. Mind. It's definitely something that's in the back of my head. Every once in a while, I see something. I'm just like, that. I don't know. I think with everyone, you see something in a game for a second. Like, man, that's just a cool little detail. I noticed a lot of that, and I just played one of the Batman Telltale games. Uh-huh. The second one. And there's a lot of stuff like that. Really just, like, the cool thing about those games is it kind of rejigs the Batman story completely and okay. swaps a lot of people's roles around. But just the way that even some of the characters will look at each other or, like, the whole second game, you're in this big base where all the different villains have all their these different rooms and stuff, and just the little details that are in each each person's like little area, mm-hmm. you know, just tidbits of like who they are, really like pumps me, like really like sucks me back in. That's game. smart and development I, too, because those are those situations where like the developers like, okay, the gameplay is what it is, but how do we how do we help bring this out to like. Because you know, in the Telltale situation, it's a lot of dialogue. So, oh yeah. So what? what, what so boring. what does the developer do to make you f- want to keep pushing that? While so they go hard on the actual like like the little Easter eggs, the designs, the the mannerisms of the characters, and yada yada yada. Yeah, totally. Um, well, why don't we uh, bump into some Q and A real quick? What you got? Cool. Um, Tom, you said you had one. If you want to just hit that, and then I can go ahead and start. Yeah, I've actually got a... I think... So I have two. I have one that I want to ask you two, and then I have a troll question from my friend Justin Howard, but I think it is a question that Bert might at least laugh at for a second and enjoy. Oh, my God. I got one from Scott Lee, uh, owner of 1126 Records and uh, his own management company who works for Vatican, and he just said... What? But nothing else. So that's Scott nice. Lee. Much respect. Let me find. Like it. Okay, from Justin Howard. What League of Legends champion would you boink if you had to boink one? Is it Cho'Goth? Ooh. Hell yeah! Is it Cho'Goth? Uh, mm-hmm. He's probably my second. Mm. Uh, I actually talked about this yesterday <laughs> because skin is important as well. Um, and I'll give you my top three <laughs> instead of just one. So my top. It's hard as shit, but bewitching Morgana is a good time. And then you even have to think about like the Korean splash arts and all that stuff because that's really different. But like pool party misfortune might be number two. That's all the pool party skins too are insane. Um, pool party misfortune is is a is a is a bop. Uh, bewitching Morgana, and then I think French maid um, Nidalee. That mm-hmm. uh, that might be. Yep, yep. I just relooked it up. That's it. Because I haven't seen that one in a minute. God, yep. That's it. Send me There's a link my real three. Quick. Send me send me some links so I can get a peek oh, at this. Just Google, Google. All right. What were Google. the names again? French made Nidalee. French made Nidalee. Yep. All right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yep. Bewitching Morgana. One sec. That's a good time. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And then Pool Party Misfortune. Not Pool Party Morgana? No. Ah, man. I don't know if they have that. Apparently they do. It was in the search. Yep. All right. I get it. Love the Super Soaker. Love getting my uh, 
my shit tease with the super soaker. All right, here we go. There you go. It's a good time. Okay, so the question that I wanted to ask you guys, oh, Hosian, do you want to answer that? Um, Who do you want to fuck? I, uh, I don't know how any of them look, and I don't <laughs> give a damn either. Much respect, Justin Howard. Yes. I appreciate the question. You're a good guy. Uh, Thanks, Justin Howard. So this is the question I wanted to ask you guys. Um, and I, I almost didn't want to ask you guys this because I feel like you two could talk about this forever. Okay. But from software, right? Before oh, the boy. Souls games, would you agree that they were mostly a mecha game company? Like they oh, were back before okay. every before like the Souls shit popped off. Armored Core and um, Metal Metal Wolf Chaos or whatever. Yeah, totally. So, do you think that From Software could or would ever return to that? And if so, do you think they would have to do it in the Soulsborne style, or could they? do a completely different gameplay style at this point could they get away with that i would i i have total faith that from software can pull off anything they want to do but i do believe that they're smarter than to try to make a mech game in a soulsborne style for the simple fact that they've done mech games so well they know what like they know what mech games are supposed to be you can look at Surge or whatever, and it's not really a mech game, but it's just so fucking clunky and shit. Like, I don't think, like, mech games are going to fit the Soulsborne fucking style and stuff. So, on one hand, I think that they can do whatever the fuck they want, you know? Like, mm-hmm. after, you played, Sekiro, you, after you played a game like Sekiro, where, like, a lot of people had their doubts going into it because it wasn't the same thing that they're used to, like, once that was cemented as, like, a, okay, well, fuck, man, like... Whatever they do, I'm going to believe in it. So, like, it's... I think... I don't think they have to do well, some Soulsborne type shit, uh, honestly. I don't know if they... I don't know how people feel about those kind of mech games anymore because I haven't seen those kind of games pop up in a long-ass time, but, I mean... Well, didn't mm-hmm. they... They just came out with another Mech Warrior, right? Uh, I think there was a Mech Warrior. The last mech game that I really remember coming out was that Deus Ex Machina game that did not have a... Uh, have much steam behind it um uh-huh. but there was a mech warrior game that came mech out, warrior like, 5 crazy. just came out in 2019 mm-hmm. like late december of 2019 mm-hmm. so like so what's crazy about that is that that came out and i heard nothing about it i didn't hear a single thing about it so like i like to say that people are like craving more mech games you know where's mech assault you know where's fucking armored core all this stuff but custom robo i you know I- Fuck yeah, dude. I'll dude, smash I, I, some you know, uh, That's God, I can't find my copy. I think I sold it. I really want it back. Damn. They had a surprise you don't have eight. Uh I, I had three at one point. <laughs> they had um they had a couple games before they really like nailed that formula for the soul stuff. Um there was like three sixty game Ninja Blade. Um and, the, and that was a from software game that had like quick time events and shit like that. So people were always like, they're like known for this and this. I'm like, now they are, but they had a whole another chapter before this whole thing where they were just like, kind of still kind of finding their footing. Now I do think that they've yeah. pretty much mastered like what we like about them now. Um, but then again, a game like I, th- I think they, I think there's still a lot in there to innovate too. So yeah, they've done so much, but like. Armored Core was fucking sick, and they, like, they they know, like, if people want a resurgence of um, mech games, I don't think they'll do it, like, fucking, you know, Soulsborne style or whatever. But if they did, 
Like, I don't think they would have to, but if they did, I think they can make it fucking I would straight. just love for a Met game to come out that's not like a arena-type game where it's like, you know... Like arcade? Yeah, like, I, if, if From Software could do something that, like, is, is like, more of, like, a forward-moving kind of, like, style game, it's not like a, okay, build your... your this is kind of just an arena game, you know, learn... There's, like, a lot of, like, these mm-hmm. robot games sometimes can be kind of, like, just, like, another kind of Twisted Metal situation. Um, uh-huh. But if... I, th- I don't know, like, I... Th- I would like to see them do stuff like that again, but right now I don't. Yeah. Then again, who knows even who's remaining from those era from software because we don't really know how that how that all played out either. That is true. That is true. We talked about that before. Like people get affixed to a company and fuck, it's been over like twenty years or something with that shit. So yeah, I uh, I don't know. I think at this point it's uh, like you said, people look at them in such different eras, like. If someone was to bring, if if tomorrow you found out that From Software was putting out a new Armored Core, I think I'll, I think it would get some really good reactions. But I think for a lot of people, it would be kind of malaise because it would just be, well, when's the next Souls game? Like right. I don't I don't think there's not a market for games like Armored Core or even just third person action games where you're in a fucking giant robot. I love shit like that, but I think mm-hmm. with From Software. It might have to be like I know what you guys are saying. You're like people trust the company so much, but I think part of the reason they trust the company is because there's a core idea there that's very consistent and a core gameplay style that details about it change, but the main idea hasn't changed really since Dark or Demon Souls, one of the two. Yeah, and I don't know if they. I think it would be pretty dangerous for them to break off and like. Like put some like and and not and do something. If they did a mech game, I think it would have to be a soul style game, and I think that could be cool. I think that could be really interesting with that kind of combat in like massive. They'd be the ones to do it too, or in space. Like they, yeah, like I mean, they they are the only ones that could do it because like, um, that they're just the only people that could get it and have people be like, oh, like. I trust this environment because, like you guys, I mean, we've talked about before. There's so many soul style games at this point because people crave that combat and crave that in different, in different kinds of settings and different kinds of environments, like we were talking about. But none of them hold a candle to some, any of the official. From and what's interesting ones. about like from software is like you almost think instead of like a game, like you play God of War one, two, and three, and you're like this game and its gameplay mechanics are tied to like the name god of war like you know when you play that but from software has done a thing where when you see their name you assume all their games are going to be like dark souls right like that first elden ring trailer comes out and we're all like oh yes it's another dark souls game you know it's another Mm -hmm. soulsborne game no info it's weird because it's like bloodborne Sekiro, dark souls there there are like some big key gameplay things that all make them similar in a way and it's does that get exhausting, or, or are you still feeling good about it because they're, like, completely different, like, vibes, you know? That's what I'm saying. It might be case-specific because my brother, like, he 
Hey, he just picked up a PS4 strictly to play. Um, what's it? Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Like my brother were on. My brother and I were on the same path of gaming styles and shit like that up until about 2010, where I really started to like try and dive deeper and find like more indie games or get much more like developer centric and find who I liked and dived into these more unheard of games and shit like that. And he stayed, you know, like. He's playing Halo, okay, now he's playing Apex, now he's playing Call of Duty, shit like that, and that's fine, you know, he's got a family and stuff, he just wants to play shooters, but, like, I ha- I, I, I used to hound him, and I don't anymore about, like, trying Dark Souls and shit, because he loved, like, Dragon Age and shit, you know, I was like, dude, you like adventure RPGs, you will like this, you know, you will fucking love it, but, you know, he bought a PS4, and I was like, hell yeah, dude, perfect time for you to pick up Bloodborne. And he's like, he gives me that, he's like, dude, I gave Dark Souls a try for like a while, but it's just not me. And, and nobody, it's nobody at first. Dude, I put the game down for like six months the first time I tried it, because I couldn't get past the first boss. You're not going to like it at first, but you have to give it that second chance. You have to give it that 10 or 15 hours of just trying at the game, and then... You have five, six games or so just to fucking drool over, just to nut all over. Because like once you once you have that patience, once you once you let once you respect the fucking playstyle enough to actually be like, okay, this is how I complete this. Dude, you you it, it's like finding a TV show that you cannot get enough of and you've got ten seasons. And to that's binge. one of those that, mm-hmm. that's you know, one like, of those games too where you can appreciate the level design later. So that's like one of those like kind of going back on the topic that you that you had yeah. today it's like you don't like you can't really appreciate it in the beginning of the game at all because you don't know how it because you're just getting exactly but when you dude. get when you yeah, get like you don't have time to think about it. when you get to that <laughs> momentum though you really start to go like oh fuck like this door actually brought me back to the thing that took me 30 minutes to get to in the first place and now i'm here and i can just cut through mm-hmm. here that's the thing when you're starting a souls game you think like souls and currency are so precious. You think these 300 souls that can get you like two levels are such a precious thing. So like when you walk into the room and you see this fucking big ass dude who looks like an NPC dressed in a shit ton of armor and you approach him and he walks over and he slaps a giant dick looking fucking sword on you and you're completely dead. And every time you go in there, he kills you, but you just want these 300 souls that you just killed 10 skeletons to get through and you used all your Estus it's it's it gives you ptsd almost like you're so scared of this fucking level like everybody that played dark souls one the first time undead birds is like the worst fucking place in the world to these people because even after you get that after you get to the tourist team and after you get past the bridge like dealing with that fucking pig and going so far to find this next bonfire dealing with the church it is fucking awful dealing with these the guys. <laughs> dealing with the little guys with the capes, dude. Oh my god, dude. You you hate the thought of having to go through all that first because you have two Estus, you have three Estus, and you're running around and you no, there's not a bonfire anywhere. But you have so many fucking like you have three hundred souls and I've there's so many there's a skeleton here, there's a archer here, there's this guy here, there's this fucking random dickhead who has a sun on his chest and he won't fucking help me. There's a dragon who won't let me pass. He kills me every time. What the fuck do I do Sense here? Fortress vibes. 
God <laughs> damn, dude. And like we play now and we're we're fucking loving it. We run through there, we're like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> that was my thing with Sense Fortress. I got my ass whooped so many times, but then now when I go back and did it again, I was like, Oh, I I'm gonna go right in here, I'm gonna do this, oh, yeah, I'm gonna do can, this. You can run through it in three and it seconds. feels so fucking Sense Fortress good. takes a minute to but run through. The first through, time it took but you God, fucking the days. first time you go through it, oh my god, that is unnatural. You're like, I can't believe the swinging axe out of nowhere. Fucking Why does this me exist? Off. Yeah, it's a fucking nightmare dude you're just getting started because what's after sin's fortress the fucking anal rodeo that is an orlando you, know, you have God. no idea what is waiting for you when you fucking get carried to those guys five steps. minutes to get from one door to the next beautiful fucking beautiful yeah. game god damn <laughs> all right next question Yo, uh, that was all you had right uh tom I love how he said, I don't want to ask this because y'all are going to go on forever yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think that was good. I think we could have made that way longer. Um, yeah, I'm have. done. Go. Okay, so this one is from Maximilian. I mentioned him before uh, on the podcast because he's one of my mods. Uh, so salute to you, man. He's always keeping everyone doing shit in the Discord. He's asking questions always every day. He's, he's awesome. He's really cool. Um, yeah, do you fucking pay him yet? I don't, but... Um, Homie, I pay for this podcast and I don't get paid. Like, <laughs> I pay for the podcast. <laughs> Who pays? What are you talking dude, about? Who pays? This shit for the goes podcast? right out of my bank statement. The what? RSS feed thing. No, dude, the fucking cash shit we're recording on right now. I oh, pay for that. That's ten dollars. I did a not month. know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I appreciate the hell out of you putting up for the giveaway. And you, I was only going to do one item, but Hosey's like, "Yeah, we'll do a hundred dollar gift card." I was like, "You know what?" Mm-hmm. I deserve that. Yeah. My viewers deserve that because I've been paying out the ass for this shit. All right, Tom, I pay for the I pay for this thing. Bert pays for that, so you pay Maximilian. You guys are idiots. <laughs> Go to hell. Okay. Holy shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right but shout outs oh to him he's God. awesome appreciate him so oh, yeah. he uh, he did a question um a few days ago uh and i thought this would be a cool one to ask he says has there ever been a side character or villain from gaming you enjoyed so much you wish there was a spin-off game where you got to play as them Ooh, this is a really juicy one a side character or villain um yeah when i was a kid knuckles in sonic 3 yeah, and then when i'm a te- then when i'm a teenager i found out that sonic and knuckles is a thing then you were like then you were like, oh you never you didn't know about sonic and I knuckles li- when you were when i was a kid three? yeah i think we talked about this recently i was like i literally had no idea That's, i knew yeah you did mention that. yeah because when i was a kid like i didn't have access to gaming media and i didn't really and i didn't know like when i would i would get games twice a year max you know yeah and so I just had zero idea. I saw Sonic and Knuckles a couple of times. I remember when I was a kid, but I didn't know what it was at all. Mm-hmm. And it was like just too expensive for my parents to buy. So I had zero idea until like someone showed me a ROM of it when I was in like eighth grade or something like that. Uh huh. And I was like, "What the fuck? You can be Knuckles." <laughs> yeah, that was. It was a good time. Yeah, Knuckles yeah. was a badass. Fucking. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's other ones. Who has another? Collecting one? those goddamn Chaos Emeralds. I really wanted to play the T-Rex and Jurassic Park for Sega Genesis. You know, you can do that in the Lost World for PlayStation. Two levels. Yes. It's really hard. For Sega Genesis, I know you could play as the Raptor and Grant. The T-Rex was just such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play as it and wreck shit. Um, I definitely wanted to play as Virgil. 
in Devil May Cry One. Oh, so, dude, yeah. Uh, I think everybody when that game came out, we were we kind of all obsessed about Virgil. Yeah, we all we all wanted that Virgil dick. Um, I wanted I wanted to play as Snake in Metal Gear Solid Two. <laughs> I wanted to play as Rachel in Ninja Gaiden Black just because it'd be easier to jerk off to her. <laughs> oh my god. Because pausing that cutscene, um, I don't think you could do that, so I had to go and look up the images for it on, like, Inside Planet or something. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you must oh. stop this now. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm having a ball. Yeah, get it. Get it. <laughs> um, Hosian, what about you? Uh, I wanted to play... It would be awesome if they made a game where you play as uh, Big Boss's mentor, the boss, and like checking like a. Uh, That's a Metal good one. dude. I feel really like you give any character from Metal Gear a spinoff. <laughs> my other and there's probably my other there. one was gonna be like <laughs> My other game was gonna be uh, like a spinoff of uh, Meryl's team on Metal Gear Solid Four, the Rap Patrol team, where there's four player. Yeah. Uh-huh. It would have been a cool like four player like squad type shooter game or something like that. I thought would be cool, and they're all so different enough in the storyline that like I just wish that they w- went more in depth because like they're all have a lot of cool personality, and I'm like, damn, playing as her throughout like her squad would have been would have been cool too. Yeah. I definitely, like, shout out to game companies that are willing to do that. Like, take some very minuscule part of the story or the game or something like that and create a huge, like, um, piece from that. And what I'm specifically talking about, like, shout out fucking Halo ODST because Mm -hmm. that, who you play is, is literally a fraction of a second of a cutscene you see as chief is um following the uh prophet of regret or whatever through a slip space portal at the same time you see a bunch of drop pods dropping in the new mombasa they made an entire game out of those drop pods that is the sickest fucking thing in the world and it, and it was one of the best parts of the Halo universe. Hands down, that ODST campaign was one of the sickest things that the Halo universe what? did. I also wanted to play as a cop in Road Rage. Why did why <laughs> what, what about why didn't um, that concept work in the game like Gears of War Judgment as much? I because you also have to make a good out game. Of my because like memory. we all we all like the, those guys we, when we're playing with them, right? No, no, Judgment wasn't flawed because of the story. Judgment was flawed because of how fucked up they fucked, how they fucked up the game. That's what I'm saying. You can, like, the lore is fine. The story, or the game better I mean, the, work. The game has it, to be It was good, also right? that kind of, like, phase where it kind of got exhausting. Kind of like a God of War Ascension when that came out. It was like, we were, we were good, man. We, we, we were good, good on this. <laughs> yep. Good yeah, question. Awesome. Appreciate that, that Maximilian. Solid. Um, my buddy Alec asks, what's the gang's current view on the survival horror genre? Uh, it's a it's a genre that Where I Where is it? Yeah, what what genre are you talking about? You can't you can't talk about survival horror just because there's a couple of Resident Evil games on uh, the market, man. That were made into action shooters. Yeah. Um the survival well, Do you want to see more opinion, of a do you want to see more of it in the sense of like the PS One style no. games? No, ab- absolutely not. I'm too scared to play those games. I almost bought Resident Evil Revelations the other day, and then went. I don't know. I might pee a little bit when I play this, so maybe I won't buy it. There are some scary parts um, in the game. I think it was the Evil Within. 
I played the Evil Within one shortly. I never got around to finishing those games. I'm hoping to do it with Danielle, but the Evil Within was finally like, yeah, it was a third person like kind of game like Resident Evil Four, but. I was limited on, like, the mode I was on, I was so limited that I couldn't just blast my way through everything. That's what I call survival horror, is, like, a game where you actually have to utilize and really, like, think about your management of resources to survive. I don't want, like, I don't I don't consider a game that I can just blast through every enemy that's there, that I'm given enough ample ammo, especially with, like, dynamic difficulty adjustment that just bombards me with ammo because I'm out to fucking kill everything that's there. I want to have to critically think, like, when do I have to run and when do I have to shoot my so way you, out? When do I need to heal? When so you're, do, like, big into, like, Outlast then? Because that's way, like to, to, I, don't know. I enjoyed Outlast, but Outlast I I didn't I don't remember Outlast too much. I say, but I Outlast see to me was more game. of a walking simulator right. than like a puzzle that, survival That's why I asked because he, in my opinion, you still want some combat. That's the thing in my opinion. Like when you're just running, that doesn't necessarily just mean surviving. Like I have to I yeah, like right. when you play like. I was late to the party on this, but I last year I bought and bit, played uh, Condemned, and I thought that game was yeah. fucking amazing. Basically, the only thing I didn't like about the game was the last boss, but I thought that game was fucking yeah, so good. Like I that almost tops Dead Space is my number one favorite at this point as far as a horror type game. Yeah. But I thought that was a great scenario, a game where it was like, okay, I'm not defenseless, I can stand my ground, but I'm also yeah. scared and I have to be careful because I might have a few bullets or i'm you know like yeah. that to me that is what i like i don't really care for games like um uh outlast or like alien isolation or these games where you're like uh-oh the guy's gonna get you like i don't want to be scared because i can't do anything yeah you, you still I... want to have some choice i think stuff like that is like you're, you're picking hosing i think what you guys are talking about is you're picking gameplay over atmosphere I mean, Again, I don't know about that because condemns atmosphere. I'm actually picking no, atmosphere. That's what I'm saying. Game. No, no, no. I get, I know, I get that. But what I'm saying is those, like you got, like in those games, I think it's very dependent on, like speaking about Outlast and Alien Isolation. I think to me, those games are, like, like you said, they're less about your participate, your physical participation in the game, yeah. as much as you just taking in what's happening. And every once in a while, reacting. Yeah, to that's it. So, why I'd consider it a walking. Right. I, I gotta yeah. have that. I gotta. But, I guess I'm saying I gotta have that marriage of the two. Like, like, no, like yeah, Dead like, Space's yeah, like, atmosphere that, is fucking epic as shit, and then you, the gameplay is also extremely fun too. So, no, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like, like I think to me the atmosphere of a game like Dead Space and the game like Alien Isolation are actually very similar, but the reason one trumps the other one. Is because is because one of them is more of a real fucking game. Like if I was gonna yeah. pick one of those two games to play right now, it would a thousand. Because you're and you're also not. literally surviving. Like in the in the to me in a real sense when it comes to a game, you're surviving in every game. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I don't want to I don't want to base my like am I going to live or die on like dude I uh, hope you didn't see me going through this door, and I can't yeah. and I, and then I have to 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 get out of it I have to run around this. Uh, chair that doesn't move in the gameplay it's basically a wall for me to get around the guy blah 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 like i like those games are cool i just don't care for them like that so if yeah, like I, stuff like that if games were more if like horror 
was going back into the route of like the Dead Space, the Condemn, and, and like the RE2 stuff uh, remake and uh, whatever. Like, I give me that over over this like the that big push of like quote unquote like super horror games like Outlast. Uh, I'll take that over. Yeah. I want more Fatal Frame. Yeah, uh, I want more Fatal Frame. I want more Silent Hill. Like I Fatal Frame I, is actually the series that I I always find I'm, like surprised. That there hasn't even been like a real spiritual successor within the last like console generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I could the PS one and PS two. Oh, those are cool. Era game that I think could come back. Um, I have. I'm not a survival horror guy at all, but honestly, Bert, watching you and Daniel's streams makes me want to get into some of that stuff, specifically Dead Space and Resident Evil 4, but yeah. I, I think it's because I want to play, I like playing those games in that format where you have like, your friend there with you. Like, that's yeah. where I've, that the only time I've ever really enjoyed playing, like, scary games is in that environment, and I don't think I would enjoy playing stuff like that alone. Like, I get too scared. Like, right. I freak out at night. I freak out in the dark. I don't, I don't enjoy that kind of stuff. I don't enjoy going to see most horror movies. So mm-hmm. if I'm with people, it changes the dynamic. So I got you. Uh, I think that that's like part of the reason why I like that stuff so much is because that's the way I like playing those games. Mm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I don't even know if we like answered that properly, but okay. I think we did. I think that was a good. I think that was a good question. Good. Cool. Good answer. Appreciate yes. Alec for that. Um, Luke Jaggers asks, "What's one game you absolutely need a remake for?" I'll go with oh, it uh, personally. I'm fine if it doesn't, but I would love if um, the first Metal Gear Solid got a, like the very similar treatment to like the RE2 remake. Like it was, that would be cool. Like, oh, it, it would be sick to do that, but have it not break the game the way the twins. Well, um, for instance, in Metal Gear Solid Four, spoiler warning. This game's like 50 years old now, but you go back to Shadow of Moses, but you, you're playing it in the over-the-shoulder perspective, and it's a completely different way to see the game. And I thought, and like, I'm like, okay, well, what if they just did Metal Gear Solid One like that? I'd be into it. I don't necessarily need it, so I don't know if that that that's not really answering the question right. But it would be cool to experience it that way, and I would be all about it. Totally. Um. I think that's one that would be up there for me too. There's so many, so many old tank control games. I think are like there's so much from the initial 3D era that that would like do with having normal third person controls that's, now. That's why the Resident Evil games you know, did so well. Like there's so many people that's never even played those that love these new ones. Oh yeah, I mean you're talking like the Resident Evil games, even like all tons of old platformers like Croc and shit like that that all had tank controls for some. Why reason. did that game have tank? Controls? Um, or even like like if they remade gold even if they just re-release goldeneye and just changed the controls, they did they did that know, like several times that was the the last one they did was a Wii one and it was like very much a remake i think that game would be successful if they literally put the exact same thing as the n64 version on the nintendo eShop and just switched the control scheme and did nothing else but i'm sure the licensing for that is terrifying so they'll never do it um Bert, do you have one? I ha- I have one, but it's just a joke. They re- they need to remake Final Fantasy VII remake. That's what that's what we need to be remade. <laughs> I would Re- play that over. I know, I know you remake, remake Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> I love how you know what they came out and said in this like book where they detailed a lot of stuff about the development of Final Fantasy VII. Like the guy said, um, 
Final Fantasy VII's story will continue as it originally does after Part 1. And I'm not going to be lied to like that. I don't believe you. I think the entire Part 1 was your reason to change the story. I think in no universe, in no way, shape, or form, Part 2 can work as originally intended, especially... Never mind. Okay, um... Bart, you're my gonna, you're honestly, make me play dude, the song I again. would. What? You're gonna make me play the song again. <laughs> All right, I'm backing off. I here's okay. So I want to say, zombies ate my neighbors. My problem with that is, I like, I haven't seen a game from that era be remade and it not be shit. I don't want somebody to fuck that up because Zombies Ate My Neighbors is kind of perfect on its own. Mm -hmm. Like, it's such a good experience. It has aged very well. It's still so goddamn fun. If it had a good, Um, if it had a real save system, it's a 20 out of 10 game. 100%, yeah. And you didn't have to fucking permadeath or whatever. But, um, so I would love that. But with that respect, I know they would fuck it up. So, on to what I would actually like. Um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron for the GameCube. That's Rogue Squadron love... Two. That's Rogue What's... Leader. That's two. Rogue okay. Squadron Two. It's Rogue not Leader. Rogue, Rogue Leader. Goddamn it! Not Rebel Strike, which was three, right? Yeah. All right. Rogue Squadron. Rogue Leader. Whatever the fuck. Um, you fucking Nazi. Um, <laughs> that I, I would love to fucking see. Dude, put that put that HD adapter I, in. That game looks crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I bet if you just dude think about the sound effects. Like, that game, cockpit mode, surround sound, HD, mm-hmm. oh my god, dude, i just thinking about it. <laughs> it would, like, dude, what's crazy is that game, if you put it in now, it still looks good. Like, that was probably one of the best-looking games from not just, like, yeah. that generation, but and, especially that launch period. Uh-huh, and, like, like uh, the remake, too. Like, remake still looks so fucking good. There were certain games on GameCube, dude, like, they fucking nailed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh yeah, GameCube. Every once in a while, it could work uh, really, really well. Um, I don't know. I'm, at, I'm looking at my GameCube collection right now, trying to think. So Super Mario Sunshine is one that comes up all the time, yeah. and maybe that's coming this year. A remaster, probably not a remake. Maybe I think it would be weird to do that now and not have analog triggers on the console yeah, that it comes right. out on. But you could still get away with it. Uh, I have one that I think would that, be kind of cool. Um, uh, what is it? Max Payne. I would really enjoy. Th- I'd really enjoy yeah. that. Game. That's an. Didn't they? Did they nah, not do that? They've, they've never. They've nah. never done any kind of like touching on that game ever since the initial. I don't think Max Payne three did it, that well. So it's kind. It of... It probably had the. In my opinion, I would say it has like the best game gun, third person gun controls I played mm-hmm. personally. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't. I think it came out so late that like some people. Just didn't hit. It was a good game, but I got. I don't know. It wasn't as dark as uh, the first two, like emotionally speaking. I don't know. I think that game hit really hard on a at least on PC. Like that. Like I played that a lot with my friend when it first came out because I didn't have a PC, but my childhood best friend was a huge PC caber, and I put I played that all the time with him because we loved the Matrix. Oh, that game, yeah. And I and I remember. I don't remember the console versions really being that like making that many ways but on, like that was the pc oh, game wow. at okay. that point in time See, i didn't know that um, that would be awesome there is a guy that i've uh talked to a few times i can't remember his real name but his twitch name is eo uh Eobie. oh yeah he's yeah. He, yeah you know him uh, i think his name's mm-hmm. austin 
Um, but he oh, has wow. been streaming that up on like like the highest specs that his computer could run at. And just looking at like this very non low poly version of it now, I'm like oh man, it would look really like it would. It's still like a very super well designed game. Especially for a third-person shooter at that point. I mean, yeah, time. well, they folk they 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 worked hard on that. They the game is so tight in its, you know, the gameplay, like the the shooting, the level design is fun. It keeps it moving, but it's also like atmospheric, and it has a vibe that you also kind of want to like pause and check out. Um, oh yeah, it has like I think people forget how how great like that story is like like if you like Sin City, like that that is the game for you it nails that super super dark but like totally unrealistic story that somehow tries to have realism um it is graphic novelty as fuck oh yeah yeah totally um for my game i'm gonna go with uh sonic 06 so you got two joke ones in a row huh nice No, uh, I, no, I actually think that game could have been... Make this better. It could have been good. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance that game could have been good. So really, I, like, if someone was like, hey, here's Sonic 06, how it was intended to be, how, when it was supposed to be Sonic Adventure 3. Oh, yeah, if the, game, if the game was going to be not bad, it would have been good. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would buy that, but I would also mm-hmm. understand why people would call me a fucking moron forever. Shadow the that. Hedgehog. <laughs> Dude, uh, you can uh, as soon as I get my HD adapter, I'll I'll do a playthrough mm-hmm. of that. I was able to find the HD. I just found that HD adapter somewhere. Hosey, remember that one of those game stores that you took me to in New York? Um, was it Video Games New York? Yeah, I just ordered it from oh, there. Oh wow, cool! Yeah, awesome store. Um, yeah, that place seems pretty awesome. I forgot how. I was looking at the pictures of it. I was like, I forgot how tiny this place is. How, how much, much shit you could put into, into a shoebox? <laughs> Dude, straight up, how high can you stack <laughs> the N64 games? Yep, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, what else you got? I'll probably ask a couple more. Uh, this one is also from Discord. Funtime Wallace asks, do you guys currently have a game running for your personal game of the year yet? Uh, about a third of the way through the year, anything been a standout for y'all? Totally. Okay. Um... I really thought Doom Eternal was going to be. I was I was going to say the same thing as you. It's totally a good game. It's totally an awesome game, but I know that I will play that four more times over the next like five years, and I'll play Doom Eternal. I mean Doom twenty sixteen twice as much. So um, I don't know. I'm going to have to think. Bert, do you have one? A game of the year? Probably Ori two. I was, I, I was um, waiting for Ori 2 from you. Um, yeah, dude, probably, probably Ori 2. I don't know any other um, games that really impressed me this year that came out. Um, so like that one, just like, and obviously like Doom Eternal was insane. But as far as games that like really fucking hit home for me, I mean Ori two like Ori two blew it out of the or blew everything out of the fucking water. It was like I I can't express enough that how fucking outstanding that was. Mm-hmm. I still really need to play. I I need to just fucking as soon as I finish Octopath or maybe mm-hmm. 
Maybe I'll only play Octopath at work, and when I'm home, I'll play Ori and just go ahead and yeah. get it, get it on Game Pass and do it. Because they had they had um, Kakarot came out in January. Really, that's nobody's game. Of the year. Yeah, and that, that was your was, game of the that year. That was huh? a fucking that was a walking <laughs> dumpster fire. Um, that was Bert's brain pain of the year for sure. Christ, dude. Yeah, it was. It wasn't fun, man. It was that one hurt. Yeah, that one was upsetting. He said luckily, that one hurt. But yeah, luckily I, mean, <laughs> I got a quick ass refund. I mean, that was supposed to be the saving grace for our Dragon Ball fans. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, now it still feels well, very well, hopeless. Well, what sucks about that is that like fighters was a big moment, but not everybody plays fighting games. So it's yeah, like, people want that op- that third. They wanted that adventure game. Yeah, game, yeah. Somebody somebody mentioned why why isn't a Dragon Ball Z game just take the like Sekiro approach. Because like every every basically every enemy everything you fight in this series of, of Dragon Ball when uh, watching the show or reading the the manga is like everyone's like boss right basically so you know maybe that's something that I could think about doing is like okay I got to Frieza so we know Frieza's hard or whatever like this is that boss fight it's it's more impactful than just like a health bar and just mashing and gets repetitive and boring maybe some mm-hmm. strategy behind it I don't know. Um, but that, yeah, I never thought about that. I'm like, oh well, and there's no just like grunt guys that you just like kill and they blow up and die forever in like that Dragon Ball stuff. So why not make make it a game where it's like like a boss type situation? That would be interesting. I I think we will eventually get to the point where licensed games start doing a very Souls like but Souls light version, like Star Wars. Yeah, I mean the same, but I think even uh, even more slimmed down than that. I think mm-hmm. you're going to see that happen soon. I think you're going to see. It wouldn't shock me to have seen a Dragon Ball game like that uh, that has all the same kind of kind of combat, but not the dif- or at least that the level of difficulty not be nearly as high by default. I don't think with a license like that, it would work with something that definitely is going to attract a lot of straight casual people. That's um, true. I'm trying to think if there's fucking like, but like a game of the year right now, because like I said, I think Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing were definitely the big launches this year. And I liked Doom Eternal a lot, but Animal Crossing, I've really haven't played that much. And I know it's not, not that kind of game for me. So, if I had to pick something right now, it would be some kind of. It would be Doom Eternal, but I know that's not going to be it. Doom Eternal is just the mm-hmm. the game that came out this year that I've enjoyed the most, but it's like a seven and a half. No, it's like an eight out of ten game for me right now. And Doom twenty sixteen was a ten out of ten. So I mean, yeah. the only um, game the only game I enjoy a lot this year so far is Resident Evil three, and that's not super dense game, but right. then again. Nothing has spoken to me that I've seen yet or played yet uh, this year. Um, so I, a, lot, a lot of people are like, oh, this is the biggest year in gaming, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it hasn't hit me yet, man. I don't know. For what? I, I the don't. That's the that? big, For some see, people, I mean. Headlines I, everywhere. Like, I, like everyone's like, this year is going to be the craziest. And I'm like, well, everything that's coming out this year is the coming out next year now. Probably. Well, I think maybe. Animal Crossing was huge. I guess. Yeah. Okay, Seven Remake, Last of Us. I I, I can see. Okay. There's definitely a lot. Pretty big. Yeah. Tons of tons of big stuff. But if someone says like right now that it, we've already like rocked the fucking earth to its core, not right. really. I mean, I I get it. For some people, 
for some people, Animal Crossing is the biggest thing ever. Doom, same thing. Final Fantasy Remake, same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I get that, but for me, and I think for everyone in this conversation, aka the only people on the planet who matter at all, um, <laughs> it's just not it yet. The Last of right, Us 2 right. might end up being a contender to all of us, maybe, something like that. Ghost of Tsushima, maybe. Cyber, cyberpunk. Um, cyberpunk, that's yeah, that's definitely. Huge. But like, I found yeah. out the ESRB rating for that, what they got leaked, is incredibly fucking vulgar with like sex work and violent or like vulgar yeah, acts of sex and all this. Crazy I don't think it shit. was an ESRB rating. It was in a different country. Okay, well, it was an eight. It was an holy eighteen or over. Shit, Tom. What's up? The splitting hairs right there. Who gives a total shit? The rating it received. Holy fuck. Sorry, because it wasn't the American fucking rating. God because damn. it's different from reason from region to region. <laughs> And the okay. age restrictions matter. Yeah. Did, did you right. not know that Tom's actually from Sydney? <laughs> oh, my God. I like that. Okay. I, I, I love that because that would be something that I would nitpick. Oh, if I was much more of a Nazi. But, all right. So, the rating was wild. The rating was fucking Nazi. wild. I'm not a Nazi yet. What I love about it, I'm looking at the Wikipedia for like 2020 games. Mm-hmm. Ori and Will of the Wisp is the genre is noted as a platform adventure, but the re-release of uh, Symphony of the Night is legit. The the um, the genre is just listed as a Metroidvania. I thought I thought genre Metroidvania was like a fan-made genre. I didn't know that you. Said I that thought much. it was too. That's why it's crazy. It's on. I mean, Wikipedia is Wikipedia, but right. it's funny as that. hell that it's you know that. Castlevania is a Metroidvania. <laughs> That's funny to say. <laughs> cool. So Castlevania yeah. is actually inspired by Castlevania. That's cool. We can move on. <laughs> this is rough. Um, so this is the last question I have from and I uh, from Devin Taylor 2099 and just to preface um, I saw this question and I asked you guys a couple days before usually I wait till um, we're doing the Q&A to bump to hit him but this one is requires some thoughts so he asked if you had to only keep 10 games for the remainder of your life what would they be and just start shooting, because I think uh, I think it'd be cool to like shoot as fast as you can, and we can. Discuss. Okay, uh, I've got I've got a list, but I think it's definitely very colored by like this is just what's been happening. In also, life eternal recently. eternal boys. This we can apply that uh, filter. Man, eventually we got to turn the eternal boys off. Um, oh, so the eternal we have eternal boys now. Right oh. now we're eternal boys. But fuck, how many eternal boys do we have though? Uh, you you have your your eternal boys, all of them, and they live eternal. Oh, okay. You're you're picking games based on their prime, whatever their prime situation right. is. Right. You've got all the DLC. You've got all the content you need. You've got the community you need. Um, I made a list, but like I said, I think this is kind of dependent on like the past few years of gaming. I think it could change. Yeah. Um, if I just went through my back catalog more, but anyway, I got Mario Odyssey, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, just to have an RPG. I guess I don't know. Arkham City. Marvel Spider-Man, Doom 2016, Mario Maker 2 for the Eternal Boys, who I don't have to talk to, but they send me the levels, uh, Metroid Fusion, Pokemon Soul Silver, uh, Smash Melee, uh, Halo 3. Mm. Halo 3 for the real Eternal Boys. Halo 3 for the Ninja Ball. Mm-hmm. 
Um, all right, that's good. Um, mine would be Metal Gear Solid Four, Dark Souls, uh, Gears of War Two, Hitman, Blood Money, Smash. Any of them, really. Uh, I'll say yeah. Ultimate just for the recentness of it. Um, Ratchet and Clank, Kraken Time, uh, either Wipeout or F Zero. Probably go with Wipeout. Uh, Monster Hunter Freedom on PSP. Um, Eternal Boy Moment, Time Splitters Two. And, oh, that's a good one. And then one that I ha- don't really have a background with, but I think it'd be cool to if I'm going to only pick ten games, I have to get into something new. It was going to also be Halo Three because I know it's awesome and I want to play that with people. Mm-hmm. So that's on my list too. All right. Um, I think I split up in two different categories. First is if I'm going to be alive for eternity, that's really depressing. Anybody who's played Lost Odyssey knows how depressing that is. But I would want some games to give me that feeling of when I was a child. So the games that mostly bring me back, like obviously the things that hit hardest to me were Final Fantasy VII, Link to the Past, Majora's Mask, and Ocarina of Time. So three Zeldas. Because, like, Zeldas, the soundtrack, the fucking ambiance, everything about it. Like, that game cripples me. And those three are fucking just up there in the nostalgia. Um, Brothers in Arms, Road to Hill 30. I, for a large portion of my life, I was so obsessive in war movies and, like, war culture and, like, the fucking American goddamn side and the Allies during World War II, all this crazy shit. Like, I was so obsessed over that. And Brothers in Arms came in at the peak of that and did it fucking beautifully. So, like, that will forever take me back to that fucking time. Um, And then I have five games that, like would I could play for a long time because their scalability is insane. Like these games you can play and play and play and play and there you can spend so you can spend years getting better at them. Like Ocarina of Time, you know, you can look at speed or anything, but for the most part, you cannot spend years getting better at that. But so the five I had was like Ninja Gaiden Black, um, Dark Souls and Sekiro, Mario 64 and I guess my last one would be if we have Eternal Boys to fucking play multiplayer with Halo 2 for fucking an eternity of land parties. Because yeah. I had I had what I believe was the most fun with Halo multiplayer on Halo 2. 3 yeah. is a close second, but I think Halo 2 was prime. 3 is definitely cool. um, it for me. And uh, just for for the fun of it, I was going to I'm add, done. What are what is one honorable mention that you don't have on your list right now? One honorable mention that I don't have on my list right now. Motherfucker, bro! I always exactly. repeat the question so in hopes that I have time. <laughs> it gives me time to so think. hard to find. Uh, it would it would be a Sonic game for that the same reason that Bert's saying that childhood nostalgia, um, and it would pro- but it would probably be Sonic Generations. Um. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Sonic Generations. I think I can play that game. It's a little bit of everything, and I think. It, Gives me all I need. Cool. Um, mine would be Lord of the Rings: Battle for Middle Earth on PC because I love that game a lot. I I really enjoyed. That was my favorite RTS, so I would have to put that in there. The only RTS on the list at all, Bert. What about you? Fuck. Remember Eternal Actually, Boys. You know what? You know what? Because this is technically all one game. We didn't think about that. How many compilation games could be multiple games? But Bro, because it's technically on. one game. Metal Gear Solid Legacy Collection. Uh, oh, you had to do that after I said just four, uh, you motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's on one disc, so. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole story right there. You get it all. 
Dude, all that, the fucking nostalgia, uh, all the tears. That was Snake had a hard life. Uh, Otacon, you fucking asshole. You know Why what, you got to make me cry again dude. for the thousandth year in a row? Whatever, man. Cheap, cheap answer. It was the fucking throw it in. It was the another 10. It was the fucking ice. Turn it on. Turn it on, Tom. 10. Turn it on, Tom. Otacon. <laughs> That's funny. God damn it. Thanks. That's what I want to do. I want to throw throw people off. So what a curveball, Zach! <laughs> Great. I'm actually surprised you didn't pick something like. Um, well, actually, never mind. Because you you mentioned Halo too. I thought you were gonna play, pick something on PC like League or something. No, dude. League League gives me AIDS. But you League play. is a pretty League is a pretty toxic game. I'm not gonna fucking lie to you. Right. That's why I'm I didn't still, pick a fighting game. I'm still thinking about an ass whooping in Aurelia gave me a couple nights ago, man. That was that was rough. I was playing with Ray Bot Lane and he was he's Diamond One. He was Challenger season four. We got fucked. Like she 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 put her whole foot in it. I mean, oh my god. I'm sorry about having your foot all the way up there, bro. <laughs> that sucks. That's all I had as far as Q and A goes for this episode. Bert, did you have any uh any nah, questions? Nah, I didn't post. Do you have anyone anything you want to ask us? Even on like um, just like a friend level? Been? Do you need, do you been? have any advice? Yeah, dude, I've been I've been pretty good. Um good. you know, outside of having depression birthday, no one came over. Damn. I'm just kidding. No, I'm chilling, man, straight up. I'm yeah. chilling, man, straight up. You know, I got this going on. So, oh fuck, the soundboard broke. My jokes are over. <laughs> let's uh, sick. Let's wrap this up with some yeah. recommendations. Let's tell me something that I need to look at with my eyes and ears. Ooh. Let me look. So fucking, uh, who's got something? Yeah. Who's got the juice? I highly recommend soundboards. I think soundboards are sick. I think that's some newgrounds.com level comedy that we should bring back. Um, um if you if y'all want like if y'all wanna have an acid trip without doing acid, <laughs> go install something on Steam called VR Chat. Um I have no idea what I did for an hour. At one point I was a giant Nicolas Cage face. I yeah, uh VR Chat, I recommend it. Okay, VR chat. That actually does sound kind of crazy. I feel like it's trying to talk to your boys while you're stuck in Tetris Effect or Beat Saber for some there, reason. I'm sure there's a level like that or That's a just, server. Yeah, I'll, I'll fucking have to peep that soon. Um, what do I got? Oh, okay. So I mean, it's old, but Bert and I had talked about it a lot when we were talking about music. It was a uh, indie game, the documentary. Uh, Hell yeah! About the making of Fez and Super Meat Boy and like. Kind of about the making of Braid and the Witness, really just kind of talking. Well, just the Witness of, wasn't Witness wasn't a thing yet. He just did Braid at that point. Don't they? They mention no, they don't. I think you might briefly see a prototype of what looks kind of like the Witness, but it just says they're working on his follow up. But he definitely talks about designing the Witness without ever mentioning it, like what his goals are in the next game. But either way, if you've never watched any game, um, great documentary about the real. About about when indie games really started to go into the mainstream, that Xbox mm. arcade era, um, and about the launch of that, and like I cry what it meant for these people financially. Oh, it's incredible! If you just like film, it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen visually. Um, with how they handle gameplay footage in it, yeah. it's not showing you just cut and dry gameplay footage. Like especially the way they move everything around, braid. 
when they're showing footage of that it looks mm-hmm. incredible it has an amazing soundtrack jim um, guthrie you're gonna f- you're gonna do f- it all the time same i've I, it's fine it's in my rotation of stuff now because i've forgotten how 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 emotional is there's some very like dark and moody parts of it too oh yeah and that's what that's the big thing about that documentary is that it is incredibly dark and emotional like these dudes like at one point one of the creators of meat boy like it's bad enough because there was two guys doing it at one point one of the guys' girlfriend is talking about how like she's unhappy because they can't have certain things and here's this guy just like grinding by him like with two uh, with one other person trying to finish this game for her and she's just like blatantly talking about how she's unhappy and she could be happier if she had materialistic things or whatever and then another guy because there's like there's guys with like just straight up extreme social disorders and depression and that like just live with their parents and they're just trying to grind out these games and they fucking it's you gotta watch it. It's it's a hit, dude. Yeah, you've got Tommy, who is the dude that's living with his parents, and he's just trying yeah. to buy his parents' house to get him out of debt. And you've got Edmund, and he's the one having problems. Like they're not problems, but it's just him asking his wife, his wife, like, "Are you happy right yeah. now?" I can. Only, it's it's I, a cute little relationship. And it stuff. is cute, you could just, but you can just tell that underlying sadness there from. Just be like it. Just they're oh man. It, oh yeah, it's two people that want to be together all the time, but one of them has to like be working twenty four seven, and it's just like yeah. you don't know if the payoff's worth it. And right. I, I think everyone, especially anyone who's ever been involved in a creative endeavor or has dated someone who's stuck in a creative endeavor, you know that struggle of like they have to grind this out. Yeah. But who knows if it will matter to the world and in the grand scheme? Mm-hmm. Um, that. They managed to give everyone in the documentary a story arc somehow, and that's just really hard to do in the, in that kind of world. So I think that's great. So watch Which that. Which it is funny because, like, Meat Boy and Fez are developed by um, two groups of people that are, like, dropout college students that have just been fucking with computers since they were kids, and now they're, like, really almost about to break into something crazy. And then on the opposite hand, you have Jonathan Blow, who has been like a serious programmer since the 80s, and he's established, he has his place, and he's just an incredibly smart motherfucker. The dude goes all around the world doing like seminars and stuff, and it's also his take on the indie game scene. You know, like he's he's done two games, and he's already like, he's such a giant head in the indie game uh fucking development scene and stuff like that so i mean yeah well debatably the indie scene wouldn't be i mean it would have existed but yeah it might not have broken out the same way without him um and and like the future of itself is because he's developing a brand new programming language and i mean i think like he's a sleeping giant right now like he's about to do something i think he's too much of a genius to not make some insane breakthrough in programming until the Activision EA video game Illuminati has him taken out. That's very true. Holy bucks. fuck! I didn't think about that. I gotta tell him something. Hold on, I'm gonna <laughs> send him an email. All right, email blow. Yeah. <laughs> Hosian, what about you? Now that Bert and I are done ranting, um, I recently started watching this series on Amazon Prime called Tales from the Loop. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard of that? No, no. It is a it's a sci-fi drama. Um, and I actually found out about this, uh, because someone on Twitter, like, shared, like, some really cool, like, pictures of these, like, robots and stuff, and I was like, this is really cool, and I found out it's, uh, this artist who did 
this show. And then I started watching it, and then I researched more because I got like kind of into it. <clears throat> and I found out that it's actually based off of a uh, tabletop RPG game. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. So it's it's awesome because it doesn't go like this is a sci-fi show, so sci-fi shit is constantly happening. It's just it feels like a real life kind of like now like drama, but in it just takes place later. You know, instead of things being like uh, from like oh this happened in like the medieval times or whatever. It's like it's just, it's just a futuristic kind of like story of drama with like grief and parenthood and like pro- real human problems but it just takes place in a society that's evolved into like having to use like a lot of like robots and stuff and it, it just it's really the atmosphere is awesome and so far i have only seen the first two episodes so i can't like speak on the entire thing but i think the first season's eight episodes long i think both of you guys would actually enjoy it um it's got a really cool like comforting you know when you like see like something like twin peaks you got that cozy vibe to it when you watch mm-hmm. it it's got that that whole vibe like that. yeah so yeah and uh, i was like oh that's kind of cool it's based off of a of a game just like i didn't know cyberpunk was based off of a board game either but um yeah so yeah i i've been watching that if you like sci-fi but even if you don't it doesn't force feed you in a way where you're like this turns me off i don't this is not my aesthetic so i don't care about it it's it's still really it's not like shoving it down your throat it just happens to be taking place in that kind of like environment so totally it's cool I'll, that's like i'll have to check that out i haven't dove into it i need to find a new show to dive into so i'm actually all the time i'm sitting in front of my tv like oh i'll play a game and then i have fucking like i don't know anxiety paralysis and i just stare at the blank tv so maybe it, it, and eight hours go by it's slow yeah. it's a slow it's slow the so far it's still slow but for some reason i keep finding myself like thinking about it when i'm not watching it so i feel like that's a good sign for me yeah hell yeah cool well uh I guess that's it. There's one more thing I want to bring up because I know Bert will never bring it up. Okay. Bert, oh. your Twitch. Bert's okay. doing a big giveaway right now that unfortunately will have already finished up by the time people uh, wrap. By the time people wrap this or he- people hear this, but giving away the Switch and Celeste on your Twitch. I think there's a lot more of that coming. You're planning to do a bunch of other giveaways. Bert, do you think by the time people hear this that you'll have announced what your next game is that you're playing on there? I do believe so. Um, I, I think by the time this releases, Danielle's probably going to be finishing up Dead Space. And I think we're going to move into a not-so-horror-oriented game and her first like um, action-adventure, and she's going to play Ocarina of Time. Um, I think that's a perfect mix of like the 3D gameplay she's actually able to play right now. She has a lot of trouble on 2D, but there's still room there for like really funny shit to happen like i want her to play with a strategy guide and i want her to do a lot of extra shit i want her to try and get epona and i want her to try to get big goron sword stuff like that so seeing her fumble with shit like that i think not only is there a lot of comedy there to offer but she's gonna just develop such a goddamn respect for that world and like mm-hmm. what a video game can really be because right now she knows resident evil 4 and dead space like she knows shoot the shit out of stuff and she knows fucking scary shit around the corner but she doesn't know like this living like world with mm-hmm. actual people that go inside at night and shit and i'm i'm really excited for that I think that's going to be sick. Are you going to play the actual N64 one? Or are you going to play like Master Quest? Or- she will be playing it on an N64 controller. 
Very cool. Okay, cool. I am making that happen. Um, I'm not sure. I'm looking into like, I know a lot of USB and 64 controllers have like a lot of real negative votes on um, Amazon and stuff like that. I did order an N64 HDMI adapter from Limited Run. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, obviously Master Quest isn't on there. So she'll probably just do um, the original version. Cool, cool. I think that'll be sick. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. um, that's definitely more. That's definitely a very stereotypical game by the basic definition. So right. I think that'll be cool to see. But people should check that out. Uh, the link is in the description of the podcast. I think it's a really fun thing. I look forward to uh, the three times a week that you guys do it. So cool. Well, uh, I'm doing some new music for the podcast. We got a new intro, a new outro. It's about to play. Hope everyone checks out. Hope we'll, I'll start sprinkling in more funny shit with that too, like Bert's fucking theme. But <laughs> this is fun. I hope everyone had a, a blast listening to this one. We're going to do a, another one soon. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate Hell yeah. You. Fucking bye, guys. Peace. Bye.